Right, here we go. Oh, there we Welcome go. everybody to another episode of the Break the Rules stream. I am your host, Slav Polyakov. Slava Ukraini. You see my shirt over here? Slava Ukraini. Uh, <laughs> and uh, welcome everybody. It is a great pleasure to have Rose of Dawn and Nina Paley. <laughs> oh Lord Gio. What a you know I, like listen, I said before, he has to turn he has to turn the Z he has to turn the Z into an L already with the way things are going. <laughs> Shoigu's nowhere to be found. Everybody's, anyway, we're not going to get into that right now. What we are going to get into is more of the question of the culture wars that are going on around us. And a very good quote by Count Dankula that Rose of Dawn was tweeting earlier. I just want to read out for everybody because I think it's kind of a good way to cement things. I feel like a lot of culture war bullshit could be solved if people started understanding there is a huge difference between let me live my life the way I want and let me live my life the way I want, but criticize me and I'll ruin your life and probably have you arrested. So I think this is one of the things that really cements the conversation that we're going to be having today. Nina Paley, an amazing animator, genius animator, and a turf who is now, and you'll talk a little bit about this as well, being kicked out of the turf club. So I want to find out what's going on now, there. It's for founding the Turf Tranny Alliance. Well, we are going to get into that as well. So, Rose of Dawn, you are uh, trans yourself, but you also have a slightly different point of view on certain things than you would say the community has. So I would yeah. definitely love to get into this as far as how you found yourself in the position that you are right now and, uh, yeah, origin story time. So, Rose of Dawn, take it away. And everybody, don't forget to subscribe, sneed those and, super chats, add the likes, and all that good stuff. So, and Rose, please, go for God, it. Yeah. please try. I know you people. I know what you're thinking. Please, God, try to at least be somewhat respectful in the chat. Please. <laughs> Those who are not respectful don't respect themselves. That's what I say. Oh. Oh. So, right. So, origin story-wise, I, I first transitioned around 2010 to 2011 time. Um, I'd had quite a few difficulties going through the, the British process of getting um, medically diagnosed because at the time a lot of people didn't really have much of an idea of what it is to be like, a transsexual or how any of that stuff works, how referrals work or anything like that. And I was generally alone for a lot of that time. Um, I didn't have a lot of connections with any other trans people except for the occasional... Um, really really cringy um website which would always have names like susan's playgrounds laura's playground and they are these like they would use like little avatars of like f little girls in very frilly outfits and like this was the only type of resource that trans people had at that time i know because i was looking for something that was relatively normal but it didn't exist so that kind of stuff creeped me out. So I, I generally didn't have a lot to do with other trans people until around 2012 when I moved to London. And I started to become a little bit more involved with London's queer scene, where I started to meet other trans trans women and trans men and started off with like the occasional non-binary person. And I just started to learn about all of this kind of stuff. And I didn't think much of it. But then as the time my time in the, the queer space kind of went on I started to notice 
there was more and more of a a drift to a hard left position and more kind of extreme voices were the ones that were controlling the conversation especially when it became when it came to trans issues and there like people who would be recognizably trans to me started to become much like smaller in number compared to people who were talk you know who would say like you know I'm trans but all they would do is just change their pronoun and that's it and it almost kind of came across as a bit of a contagion because you just have one or two people identifying as non-binary and these could actually be people who would do something to make themselves appear more androgynous um but then it just increasingly became like you'd have like men and and women who would not do a thing and just became non-binary and then became trans men and then started to just give themselves more and more random genders and random pronouns and i I noticed more things sneaking in like um asking everyone's pronouns because you should never assume what anyone's gender is and that's something which i found quite upsetting because i spent a lot of time effort and money on my transition to the point you know like i'm recognizably a woman in that kind of sense um you know i know people might kind of read the language there but I'm trying to say it in as best a way as I possibly can that people can understand. I want the mm. world to see me as a woman. That's the well, reason why be, I transitioned. Well, before before Nina Paley, I think a question that's often asked is how do you define what a woman is? Like, what exactly is the qualities that would define a woman? So for you, Rose, what, what would that be? So that would be an adult human female, which I naturally do not meet. Um, but the way that I see it is that almost doesn't really matter in what my aim is as a trans woman, right? So what I want and the way that I come across, like way I want to come across is I want to be treated in society as though I am a woman, right? I feel most comfortable when I am presenting in this kind of way. And this is, this is how I feel I am now. I am not someone who wants to take up spaces in, you know, like, for example, a woman's place on, like, a a women's sports team or a, like, a women's shortlist as a politician or women's writing lists or anything like that. That's not the kind of thing which I want to do. Or women's sports, for that matter. Yeah, well, yeah, like, that kind of thing. And so I want to, I'm very much aware that, my history as a biological male that gives me different experiences and that I don't want to make people feel awkward by me barging into places and being, I am a woman, hear me raw, when I don't have the same kind of experience. And I've got to be very conscious that there is a big difference between a trans woman and a cis woman, as it were. Um, Lots of big differences, but so many of these really shouldn't matter. The, I think the important thing is if you're presenting and making an effort to, you know, like transition into a specific gender, then I would like for that to be respected. I, I shouldn't think, I don't think that believing in it should be mandated by law or that it should become some sort of religious doctrine. Um, Kind of going back onto my like what how I was talking about how I started my channel. One of the things that I noticed was these ideas of various genders became more and more and more bizarre 
and nobody was fighting back against it. In fact, people could identify as the moon and the response would be, well, that's, you know, that that's how moon self identifies. And, and like, I had people legitimately, in fact, moon gender was, was the reason why I started my channel in the first place because someone defended being the fucking moon. <laughs> and so I was like, I, I can't deal with this shit anymore talking about it just with my friend in the kitchen. It's like, I've, I've got to put the, put my thoughts out there. And, and so like that, that's kind of how, how things started with me. And yeah, it's, it's the, the, the way in which, um, like the trans movement is at the moment is weird. Um, I think it's very, um, counterproductive. I think it's very adversarial and, I don't think a lot of these people understand or appreciate how they come across to the wider world and not just their little bubble online. I don't think they understand it. And well, well, that's something that I would also say for all online bubbles, including yes. all the degenerates that write bad things against uh, Please, you know, love, people do not who they disagree their with. <laughs> I, I, I don't care. Because the, po the oh, point is that people <laughs> no, I don't. The point is that people have to get out of those bubbles and be respectful to other people that don't really mean them or their kids or anybody in society any harm by mm. choosing to you know adopt a certain mode of being. As far as the reasons as to why these are interesting things to get into later on, but I want to switch it up right now to Nina. Nina, for those who don't know, once again, wonderful animator, you are currently working on your Book of Revelation series, and I chose the uh, Lamb of God with the blood coming out for the uh, thumbnail, which I named Transubstantiation, which I really love the uh, pun that I managed to create there. But it is also talking in a way about change, too, because, Gio, what is, tra what is transubstantiation? Before, before I get to it's Nina. It's the, um, from... Uh, I forget the I'm butchering the definition. It is the uh, exchange. The, is the changing it's a of blood change of the property? Uh, it's the uh, hypostation of like one property to another. Yeah, but, like, but for, it specifically in Christianity it would be the changing of uh, Christ's blood, blood into the yes, wine that people wine, drink. The flesh of Christ and the blood of Christ into yes. bread and wine. Yes. So there is a theme of change going on here. That's what I want to kind of accentuate here. Uh, but anyway, Nina. Uh, going back to you, please tell us how you find yourself in the position that you currently are, and specifically regarding this current scuff with the uh, with the uh, turfs that I thought were your family, your kin now, and something something ain't right. There's a there's something ain't right in Denmark. What's going on? Yeah. So my my historical perception of all this. So back in the day in San Francisco, I was in like the queer scene, the sex positive scene. I had plenty of trans friends. I had a couple trans lovers. I was never transphobic. I was, you know, having sex with autogynephilic trans, <laughs> trans identified oh, men uh, before, uh, before the people that started accusing me of transphobia were born pretty much. Uh, you even got into it with Camille Paglia. That's... No, not really. Anyway, uh, so it was all it was all good. It was like feminists and trans trans identification or trans transsexuality. It was transsexuality back then. Mm. Transsexuality back then was a small enough thing, a minority thing, that it didn't actually cause many practical problems 
for women. There was always a faction of women that found it deeply insulting. Uh, they call it woman face. I'm sympathetic to that. I was never insulted by drag, but I understand. Do, do you think that the drag... The, the drag let, aspect... let, me, let me just finish because oh, I no, know no. you're going to derail me. <laughs> I'm having enough trouble as it is. No, but you were in uh, San Francisco in the 80s, right? Like when it In the was... 90s. I was in San Francisco oh, okay. in the 90s. And, and you know, we also so knew they the cleared difference. the bodies off the streets at the time then. We we no, knew the difference. Joke, we I'm knew sorry. the we knew the difference between drag and transsexualism. They are mm. not remotely the same thing, and everybody got along and all that. And uh, then in the like like Rose says, uh, you know, the early twenty teens, things started to change. What I know now is that what was, you know, the trans it wasn't it wasn't the same kind of trans movement but this uh there was this big push of i would say heterosexual men identifying as trans women uh that that took over this movement also when gay marriage was legalized in the united states these organizations uh, you know, LGB and, you know, then the T was added organizations, they had achieved their main goal of acceptance and they would have all had to disband without a new project. So suddenly there was this huge infusion of money for the T and there were all these allies happy to uh, sort of push this thing. And I think what we call transsexuals, which was sort of the old, when I think of transsexuals, I'm usually referring to like the more old school people that got surgery and whose goal was to quietly, uh, you know, pass as female if they were male or male if they were female and just live their lives. They got marginalized in the movement that was supposedly for them. Rose can correct me if I'm off base here. And uh, then it just sort of became a, a free for all incursion on women's rights and women's spaces and really it became this mainstream popular thing like it became an excuse for misogynists to violate women's boundaries and that's why we have leah thomas today and all these men who men who eject their brothers from masculinity right men who cannot tolerate feminine men so they bully them and push them out of manhood in spite of their maleness. Then you have these same men, you know, championing trans women and telling women that they should be nice. And it's all very misogynistic. And now women are getting really, really pissed, as we could predict. So I got called a transphobe starting in 2017 because I started pushing back on this a little bit. I said that women don't have penises, you know, really, really aggressive and hateful things like that. And, you know, that, so I got called a turf and it's like, well, okay, you know, whatever, I guess I'm a turf now. Uh, it's, I've been branded with it, but what's happening now is, the so-called gender critical movement has gotten big enough and made enough progress. And, and people, I guess, have, have become radicalized from the radicalism that started a few years earlier on the trans activist side. So now uh, the, the turf side no longer were, were there, I don't know, seeding the moral high ground that we had. We had moral high ground and we're just flushing that down the toilet 
because there's like an extreme faction that is becoming as loud, obnoxious, and irrational as the extreme faction of the trans activists that transsexuals, you know, were like, oh, we really need to distance ourselves from these whack jobs, but how do you do it? And yeah, we're in the same position mm. now. And so many people are going to hate me for saying this, right? But it's true. It's like I enjoyed having the moral high ground, at least at least to myself, at least in my own. Just, just a bit, just a bit community. sharing it with the people. And based, now you're on your own. We could turn them into mm. a LeBased Tradwives. That's, no. I'm... No, but, no, well, no. But what, exactly, what is exactly happening with uh, the uh, TERFs who are who are going ex extreme right now. Like, Rose, you may have noticed this, too. I well, don't they're going know, to the but... political right, obviously. Yeah, Ro that's... Rose, actually, I'd like, I'd like you to, yeah. like, are you observing this as well? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's one of the things which I found very interesting is it's not even just in this kind of trans and GC kind of argument where one side seems to be radicalizing the moderates on the other. You're seeing this through a lot of different um, identity politic related related movements. It's something which is becoming increasingly common, regardless of whether it's like identity based on race or sex or sexuality or gender. Since 2016, everyone's been getting a lot more radicalized because we're having everything constantly shoved down our throats and being told how how immoral and nasty and bad the other side is. But don't worry, we're good. And everything that we do is morally justified. Like you saw it the other day from the, the GC side when there was the trans woman who attended the LGB Alliance um, like a conference in, in London. And... There's a video which was put online by someone who was attending and who actually was berating her um, basically for being a trans woman. Like, and, and also because she had used uh, female restrooms, which is something which she is allowed to do, regardless of what they think. Like, she is allowed to do that. Um, and after that video came out, there was a lot of... Um, kind of running to justify it on the gender critical side, and there was a lot of people who were started saying that. Well, no, actually, no. She was she was recording. She was recording pe women in the bathroom, and that's that's you know, that's absolutely disgusting. Like she's a pervert, and like there isn't any evidence to suggest that she was doing that. She said, and she wrote a blog about her time there, and she mentions wearing a wire to record things, but that doesn't mean that she was recording every waking second mm. or recording women in the bathroom or anything well, like there, that. Well, there is a comment. I, I don't know if this is true or not. There is a comment from Swami Natero who says, and by the way, send the comments to Super Chats. That always helps out the show. But anyway, says the uh, TIM posted on their blog that they were going to film women in the bathroom. No, don't they know. don't say that. They don't say, I've read the blog. They don't say that. Wait, what is this referring to, this incident? Um, they so don't T say that. TIM stands for trans-identified male, which is a synonym for oh, trans okay. woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's not, about I've, this I've, read the, I've read the blog. No, what, what happens is she, like, she's, she mentions in the blog that she's going to um, record. Um, she has a microphone on her lapel or on her bra or something like that. The idea being to record the various speeches that are going on and various confrontations that she might have. Um, but there isn't anything to saying, oh, I'm going to go and record women in the bathroom. Like that's yeah. 
like and, and, and that, just sh you that also should be, be pretty clear. easy to see right like if there's yeah. a website they should have it written in quotes or being said i am going to the women's bathroom to do yada 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 yeah, otherwise it's... if that yeah if that's not being said then yeah why that, are that's, they... that's not she has not said that that's what she was doing recording women in the bathroom it's very disingenuous to claim that and and as a bit of a side note even if that was the case that wasn't the motivation for when the man um actually like you know like yelled at her because this has only kind of come out afterwards as a way of defending what had happened mm. you know like well, yeah, it, what was the intent though to record speeches or... yeah so like she she probably like you know i've i've had interactions with tras in real life and they can like try really try and get under your skin um like it's, it's happened to me like once or twice and Wait, what? What is TRA? Trans rights activist. Mm, yes. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, they. Yeah. So they. They like. It wouldn't surprise me if she did want to rile some people up. Um. Or maybe not. Like I can't. I can't assume what her motivation was going to be. But in this particular incident, she didn't do anything to instigate it. So. I, that's why I find it kind of weird that there's this rush to instantly smear her that she must therefore for have you know like she like, it, everything which we did is completely justified and then when people then point out all the bad things which um, TRAs have done and there's a hell of a lot you know you're talking about assaults we're talking about death threats mm. rape threats rats being nailed onto doors um like there's there's been so much nasty stuff on the tra side um and well, people well, this are is... very quick to call that out and as they should be this stuff yeah. I, and i've done this a hell of a lot on my channel i put it front of center and say like this is unforgivable stuff but when you see the other side doing something like i'm not going to say it was a hate crime or anything but it's bloody nasty it's mm. really it's really really nasty and so you're a... saying that sheriffs are now uh like, like, we, what we is should, the we thing they're going? We should distinguish between turfs and gender critical. So the person that did this was actually a man. Yeah, uh, this oh, is okay. the person that did the the insulting, and mm -hmm. yeah, he he lost his shit really. And like, they're 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 turfs that are like just passive, like mm. my my good friend uh, Nina Power, who recently came back to Twitter. But then there's like you know our good friend Mary Harrington, who I would say is more gender critical and mm. more. Along the political but, right, but to, are you but saying that clear... like the turfs are going along? Well, the R F yeah. in turf stands for radical feminists, and even though it's bandied mm. about a lot, uh, really, it's it's at its heart a misogynistic slur directed at women. But, but gender but to, critical can include anybody. But to be clear, just for the people who are tuning in who don't really know what exactly this place was, this conference, <laughs> what exactly was this conference that was taking place? And uh, the person who got assaulted, uh, what role were they playing within that whole conference? It was the uh, LGB Alliance conference, and the person that got assaulted was not a member of, was a critic of the LGB Alliance. The LGB yeah, she, Alliance, yeah, sorry. I mean, I mean she, she, wasn't, she wasn't assaulted. Um, she was, well, insulted. Insulted, yes. Very nastily. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was more like a, a verbal, I don't know, like, I don't always like the, using the word assault when it comes to words, but... It's really, it's, it's it's not very pleasant. Verbal, verbal abuse. Yes. Verbally, yeah. She was verbally abused. There we go. Yeah. Verbally mm -hmm. abused. 
She's verbally abused, and think... it's it's nasty. It's incredibly. Mm. But uh, but yeah, also but, one. But but the the yeah. person in question whose name I think is Jen was not a member of the LGB alliance. No, there's she wasn't. there's a lot of trans activists that hate the LGB alliance because, as its name would suggest, there's no mm, T yes. in there. So mm. some lesbians and gays and bisexuals did not want to go on this trans activist well, path. Well, it seems the last. And so they, they formed the word... their own. You know, they had to form their own thing, and so. Trans activists mm. say that by merely existing as an organization, that it's inherently hateful and transphobic. Real, real quick, I know that Geo, you have a point, but before that, my question about what was happening with uh, Jen: there were people in the chat right now who were saying that even going in somewhere and recording people without their consent, that there is something not quite yeah, right about that. Not... So as far as just like, if we, and I agree with uh, Rose, definitely and Nina, that there is no reason at all to ever be insulting to a person to verbally abuse them in any, you know, in any reason. But if we are talking about people being fair, like I agree that people on the right should be fair and respectful to people who are fair and respectful towards them, regardless of any ideological differences, I think just in the same way, if there is something wrong in terms of laws, in terms of just, uh, you know, politeness of recording people without their consent, I'm curious, uh, where do you fall on that? I know it's kind of a side road, but just because people were bringing that up, I think it is important I, to keep that in mind too. I think that if this was someone going into like a LGBTQIA++ conference and they had a microphone and they were recording what was going on in there, none of these people would be raising an issue with it. In fact, the TRAs would raise an issue with it. They would bring up the same arguments and say, this is a breach of our privacy. Um, you know, like you need to have respect and stuff. This is this is one of the problems with the, the tribalism that we have in this debate. And the like how a lot of these people just kind of deal with two tiers of morality. It was fine for them, but their enemies can't do it. There have been plenty of people who have recorded things that have gone on in LGBTQIA++ circles or whatever, and a lot of that stuff is important to kind of get out there. Like, if I'm being completely honest, if I, I, like, if I was in a position where I could go undercover in one of these things and do it for a video or whatever, I would totally do that. Uh, so I wouldn't condemn her for doing that, but unless, unless she's, like, very specific, unless, like, she was doing something very specifically dodgy, but like that again, that doesn't sound like that's what was happening mm -hmm. at all. Because because I'm on the gender critical side, I just want to say that no matter like the people that are defending this, the people that are defending the the verbal abuse, uh, they're justifying it by saying like, well, you know, we were pushed, we're so angry, we're so angry, which is exactly what the extreme trans activists were saying like two years ago when they would you know, throw rocks or whatever, you know, but they would be mm. literally physically assaulting yeah. feminists that were trying to get together. And I just hate this. Yeah, I yeah. hate it. It's like, it's, and, and even if you're like, a, even if you hate all men, even if you, you know, absolutely, no matter what any man entering a bad by man, I mean, adult human male, any man entering a women's room is a gross violation. Uh, you have to, at some point, think about the moral high ground that you are seeding, right? That, that this is a big culture war and the optics are freaking terrible. They're terrible. And now a whole bunch of us are in this position where 
we want to distance ourselves from the extreme behavior of a few individuals. We also don't want to cause pile-ons because many of us, like me, have been canceled. So we see the dynamics of cancel culture. And if you start mm -hmm. calling somebody out, then everybody else jumps on them. Wait. So we don't want to do that. But we want to, like you know, we don't all want to be painted with this brush that it's like the people, the, the really extreme people, they're not helping. They're not helping anything get better. They're walking us backwards, I think. Wait, I think we actually have, I can't believe this, Mr. Mediker, Daddy Jim in the chat. The, re the real that's Mr. Amazing. Mediker in the flesh. No, I think it's actually really him. That's ah. crazy. Well, Mr. Mediker, but, um... also a shout out to Tux Loves You, friend of the show who created uh, that's Super a... Gun 64! Yeah. Su Super Gun about 64. Ethan. And Mr. Mediker actually reviewed Super Gun 64 that's right. on stream. So uh, there you go. Tux is a good friend of ours. He may be doing some stuff for us in the future. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But um, so anyways, I think uh, what's really interesting is that TERFs, I, they find themselves in a very weird position because um, the modern uh, left basically uses the word TERF as uh, like, uh, you know, national socialism, if you know what I mean. But um, but at the same time, um, you know, politically, in the political right, I mean, we basically a lot of people view them as feds infiltrators bad faith people like there's this one account particular well maybe she'll come on the show one day um you know who i'm talking about lev rad Femme, no you idea. know who oh um, yes yes yeah, yeah. exactly no but so they're in a very awkward position because it seems that neither side wants them but i think that just by circumstance they have to um they have to sway more to the political right but uh what i wanted to ask i guess uh well you know we don't shy away from controversial questions and we'll get to the topic of the show but um rose how do you you were saying about your uh transition mm -hmm. um if you agree with the sort of uh biological distinction between men and women then how do you um place your own self and identity on the i guess gender spectrum like how do you conceptualize your own um how shall i say transness or, or womanhood or so forth like how, how do you view yourself um well, I view my I I view myself as a woman, but the thing is, I can't force other people to see that and agree with that. And that's that's something which a lot of this debate seems to have lost perspective on. Like, you can identify however you want, but you cannot force people to accept that identity as reality. That's yeah. what the, that's that's what the biggest prob. <laughs> that's one of the biggest problems that we have with this with this whole thing because. When I've tried to look at how someone who is non-binary can actively define what it is that makes them non-binary, the answer always comes up the same, which is they simply identify as such. And it's the same with like trans men and trans women now. Like there's so much focus on how like saying by you know adult human female is is really really offensive and. Like as they like they're erasing women in in that kind of term, but they're also erasing everything to be every form of identity to the point where it doesn't matter that what you say you are mm. because everything automatically just becomes the same. everything you, becomes watered and do you think that even aesthetically this is something that could be seen in a lot of the styles today that are considered to be popular among or at least kind of forced into the uh, zoomer culture 
where there doesn't really seem to be any consistent molds of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. I mean, this isn't new. Like, we've seen this in the 80s and 70s. I mean, Nina, you know what I'm talking Lev, about. Lev, stereotypes are rampant. I mean, there, there's, there's incredibly rigid stereotypes right now about what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. Extremely. I mean, I mean, porn culture is is oh, a much yeah, bigger thing obviously. now. Kids are exposed to porn at an earlier age. Women are, I mean, literally, the, the, there are trans rights activists that refer to the vulva as the front hole. Like, that's what, <laughs> that, that's how women but if are, we're, are But if we're specifically to. talking about, let's say, something like non-binariness, there it does seem that people are adopting more of this androgynous look about them, you know, with uh, not really being sure whether somebody's a man, whether somebody's a woman. No, the actual people that assert non-binary identities, that's very rare. That's very, very mm. rare. In fact, yeah. the mo most frequently what I see is very femi women asserting it or, yeah. or bearded men. What mm. do you, you mean like in, in terms of, uh, yeah, f feminine women, I guess, but I mean, there's a sort of. I mean, like, I mean, women who are performing the fact, women who are going out of their way to put on makeup. I think, I think that's the yeah. thing, though, is that there is very much like a performativity to not to like say you know like people like Judith Butler or right or anything, but there is sort of like a performativity in terms of hyper online personas of like this is my cat girl streamer that looks like an anime woman. This is um actually Robert Mariani who used to run Jacobite Magazine. He uh, had this great term called the M2M, the male-to-male -male trans, referring to these, like, masculinity guru types that, you know, have the uh, Reddit beard and the, uh, you know, I'm a giga chat. The uh, ja male. Jack Murphy. Yeah, the Jack Murphy types. Basically, they're grifters that are trying to, like, sell you a very, like, reified picture of masculinity. That That is, like, uh, such a brilliant term, male-to-male -male transsexual. But uh, it, at the same time, though, I think that, well, Nina, you were talking about in the 80s, in the 90s, how there was still a contingent, I think, in drag culture where they were basically equated with homosexuality, that they weren't a separate thing. But along the lines, it just became the trans seems to have taken the capstone of the whole, like, alt-identity lifestyle. It seems that, like, the tra like even gay men and lesbians, like, lesbians don't exist anymore. They're uh, they're fem they're uh, they're um or the uh, tomboys. They're tom well, the tomboys hmm. and, and lesbians don't exist. They're uh they're uh, non-binary now. Now they're MB kids. Uh, yeah. Not, so. not not really. It's it's sort of complicated. But yeah, lesbians, lesbians spaces, still lesbians I think lesbians never exist. existed. Okay, hmm. lesbians <sighs> women are more fluid hmm. and I think ninety percent of lesbians have probably been with the man. All right, like, shut up, All right, well, hold on, hold on. Get, getting, getting back to the original point, because while I agree with... Lesbian truther, okay? All right, while I agree with what... Uh, oh, look at that nuzzling with the cat. While oh. I agree with what Nita's talking about, I do have one issue with it, just in terms of my own experiences living in New York City, seeing the kind of styles that come about. There do happen to be many instances that I've noticed of women adopting this more of like, you know, like the whole stereotype of the short colored hair, you know, like the blue hair, that, that kind of stuff. Maybe it's not as big as it was before. Maybe it's dying out. I'm not exactly sure, but this is kind of more of what I'm saying when I'm talking about not really belonging to one stereotype of another stereotype, but also not really being defined as anything, not really living up to any idea of, uh, 
you know, a certain archetype. So I don't know, Rose, do you notice the kind of things that I'm talking about here? Is this just something that existed and now it's kind of going away? Or what do you what do you make of that particular thing? How, how prevalent is it? Well, a lot of this just comes from queer culture. There's been something which has been around, I'd say, really the last 15 years when it kind of morphed from what was more kind of traditional gay and lesbian culture. And it's took on a lot more of the kind of radical angles that the, the movement from like the 70s and the 80s embraced. And it's almost like bringing that back. Um, so a lot of these people just look exactly like they do from within the queer community. You'll see a lot of women who will have short hair, um, usually wearing dungarees, thick glasses, piercings, uh, men who will have facial hair, um, look like, but they'll be, they'll put on some glitter. They'll put a bit of glitter on their cheeks and then they'll, you know, they'll be like, oh, I'm a glitter goth. <laughs> um, which is the kind of thing that some of them say and then they, from that it just morphs into well I'm actually non-binary because I really like these masculine things but I also like putting on fairy wings and and that makes me feel pretty and I like being told that I'm pretty but I'm also a man and you can get some quite Sometimes it can be a bit weird. Like I know someone from within the community who's like it basically looks like a Viking is like absolutely like built to hell. Like he's proper, proper ripped. But he's like that, and I think he kind of identifies as non-binary. And he's actually someone who, if you were to make fun of him for it, he'd be able, probably be able to, you'd at least be able to knock you out in one punch. Mm. Like I think, I think non-binary is ascendant because it's pure faith now, right? Like this stuff started with people that actually, you know, made their physical appearance mimic the opposite sex. So there was there was a material element to it. But it's become more and more of a religion, and like, what is more pure faith than non-binary? There's like mm. nothing material. No, but these, yeah. but these ideas are kind of like more ancient. Not to justify it, but the, I mean, there's always been within various mystery cults this sort of idea of like the andrine, mm. right? Going back to alchemy mm. and so forth. Yeah. But but Baron, I think, sorry. You know, no, I wanted to ask you, Rose. Like, do do you, in terms of like the literature, do you think that the sort of like popularity of non-binary identity that it's like going to fulfill some grand vision of like disrupting gender or abolishing gender do you think that's basically kind of like a larp and kind of like an easy way to identify with the lifestyle or like what do you i think i think that's something which a lot of these people would genuinely want or at least think that's what they genuinely want so i don't think it'll be successful in the long term at all I think that a lot of this stuff will fade or probably fade away within the next 10 to 20 years. I can't see a lot of these people who identify as non-binary now sticking with it because mm. lots of them already um, forget their pronouns. Um, look, Laurie Penny, as a, as a good example, Laurie Penny came out as non-binary a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But she she only recently remembered that she came out as non-binary when I think Julie Bendel wrote about it. And, and used female pronouns. And that was when she all of a sudden had a eureka moment. I was like, wait a second, I'm a them. And like and and there's a, there's another um there's another one in the UK called Jack Monroe, who's done a lot of work um basically like on poverty and like for food poverty. Um but but she's um she came out as non-binary a good couple of years ago. But you know, we'll switch between the non-binary and the woman um, gender as and when it suits her. In fact, I can't remember the last time she called herself non-binary, but 
that's generally what she does. Like mm. they, they they kind of have it in their pocket as almost a trump card when they so they can pull it out and when they remember it. But yet so many of these people will come out as it and then they will just almost fade away. They, they, they don't mm. think there's a lot of a lot of staying power with mm. this. And the way in which these people try and co-op ancient cultures or other cultures around the world into see this is how they interpret being non-binary well the, the, these are very specific cultural roles that they talk about without the any twin clear spirit understanding. Or the yeah, yeah twin spirit one of like one of the most interesting ones is uh the hijra which is yeah. um basically um equivalent of a trans woman in like pakistani culture and that's right yeah and yeah. with the with the hijra, this they, they they'll try and paint the image of oh they were accepted as women before you know, the the evil imperialist British came over and made them into third class citizens, but hijra were traditionally tax collectors. Now, mm-hmm. that's not a um, like you know a, a a role which is particularly valued by society. Because nobody wants to, nobody wants to really be paying taxes. It's 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 a role which has a lot of stigma with it. Is, is, it, is it similar to uh, eunuchs back? Oh, in the, I was uh, just about to say, yeah, Iron is it Empire, similar to yeah. the eunuchs where certain people had these roles specifically because they thought of and functioned slightly differently than other people? Where certain roles, I, I don't know, like did society dictate the them? Ultimate, did they decide like, to? Bug man, Janny class, basically, like they could fulfill technical roles while not being distracted by certain elements of sexuality that's why they were placed in guard of the uh it could well be i mean it it could well be it would make sense that these because a lot of these a lot of these different identities that they like to co-op they all had very specific roles within their culture Mm. like two-spirit people had a specific role um like they these aren't just Oh, I'm now identifying as a woman, and the society will treat me exactly as a woman, as though there is no difference. Like, no, they they have a specific role made for you, and mm. that's what you fall into. Now, yes, that they might. I, some cultures might be very accepting of that role. Other ones might have that role and associate it with a lot of stigma. Mm. Um, but these aren't. If you want to try and compare this to be like, right, this is non-binary, just remember that these are cultural things. These aren't genders. These aren't scientific right. genders. Right. Bear in mind, most of the... the they're they're not sexes. Well, yeah. Well, most of the neo-genders, they can't even give a definition to. Like, try and get one to define trigender. Like, you know, what does a trigender transition look like? How do you... How does a trigender person go about their day? And it's just, oh, you know, we feel like we're three genders and what? But, like, what does that mean? None of it means anything in normal language. Well, this is the other thing that I've noticed, even when it comes to aesthetics of the uh, flags. There has been a tremendous emphasis on having these various flags with these various colors. Mm. And I would compare that to, let's say you're looking at a country's flag, and you would have some nice-looking eagle and a lion and, you know, unicorn or whatever. You have certain animals that relate to mythology, which people can resonate with. My big 
I don't know if concern is the right word here, but just something that I'm noticing is that a lot of younger people online, a lot of Zoomers, they're putting so much emphasis on the pronouns and on mm, the genders. The yes, but as far as what exactly is behind that, what are they bringing to the table? What is the mythology that they are living? Because that, it seems very empty. You know, like at least I could say like with Alexander Bart, who's a wonderful uh, guest friend of the show, he talks about a lot of the people who don't really identify with particular genders or who are part of the gay and lesbian culture, that they, for the majority of time, were the outsiders. They were in the periphery, and in a way, they served a, served a shamanistic role to society. They were part of this underbelly of society that made it interesting, that made it unique, but now there's not even that aspect to it. So I'm curious, Rose, like, what are you seeing in terms of online culture, how it's handling a lot of these uh, various things that are uh, you know, that they're being kind of sucked into right now, it seems. Mm. Well, a lot of it's just a trend. A lot of it's just a way of being able to fit in with each other and just, you know, get your get your oppression points easily. Because one of the big things that people like now is the whole idea of, like, the the, um, the pyramid of oppression, as it were, where, you know, the, the lower, the, the more oppressed you are, the more social credit that can give you. And the, the the most like the least oppressed person is the cishet white male, so they're right down at the bottom, and they are will regularly be derided as you know like bigoted, pale, stale male, that kind of thing. Um, not very valued by more progressive cultures. So how do you get out of that if you're a cishet white male? Well, you could identify as uh, bisexual. I know of people within the queer community who would call themselves bisexual, but were actually only interested in women. Um, you know that that was a thing. Uh, friends of mine would like knew a lot of these people. Um, but an easier one, one which really gets you the most the most points, is to come out as trans and come out as a special gender, and that really jumps you up. I mean that that puts you that puts you above biological women easily, because people don't understand your gender, and so that that has a big appeal to this new world where what you what you are is becoming more important than who you are, right? So, especially with Zoomers, like it's everything is very politically charged. Everything is is very focused on you know like all of these different and being diverse and inclusive and it all of this focus does seek to kind of exclude some of the the uncool identities you know like like being a being a man or mm. and increasingly being a woman nina? Uh, uh, nina oh yes it's just a religion it's just a religion in the age where so many people have lost religion and this was just the thing that was lying around that took hold. So, so much of it is just straight up religious behavior. Mm. I'd say no, religious it is, behavior. It's, it's definitely religious. There's definitely, re I wouldn't say it's, it's strictly a religion, but they do latch onto it as though it is one. It's more of yeah. a mystery cult. It's more of a Gnostic. It's like a secular form of Gnosticism where yeah, yeah. The Gnosis is to achieve an escape of the conditions of the body, the way in which alchemy yeah. and various other yeah. um, mystery cults would perceive it, it even even within uh, various forms of uh, Tantra and so forth in Eastern cultures. It very much is like I, I agree with um, people like uh, like Eric Vogelin who talk about how uh, every sort of 
millenarian political movement behind it is like a form of this like weird secularization of gnosis where it's like if i become non-binary then i'm disrupting gender i am freeing myself of the conditions and the parameters of this sort of um false evil demiurgic society and the real uh you know being of light which is my own transness that is like the true you know but manifestation then, but right? then if you're comparing that to gnosis and i know geo you're not a big fan of the gnostics but when you're comparing it to various tantric sects and things that require delving into what exactly is going on in the world it seems like a lot of this new culture is incredibly shallow there doesn't seem to be that much beyond well, the, just the, the things problem, that people are duplicated like the problem is when you actually look at the foundations and the foundational texts of the modern trans movement like you have okay like it's funny last night i was talking about this with astral and um beyond woke and problematic who we should get on the show you have judith <laughs> butler what a great foundational text no no but see the thing is <laughs> judith butler she was butchering uh michelle foucault and deleuze and guitari because when yeah. you actually read a thousand plateaus if you specifically read the um text on the essay on becomings that's yeah. what yeah becomings um <laughs> oh i'm sorry i'm terrible um you know i studied D and G at the act, you know, when I was in my master's program and all that. Um, I think like when you actually understand it, what they mean is within the transitory phase, within a element of like being imperceptible and, and resisting a rigid, what they call a molar identity. That is what they mean. They don't mean like go and be another form of molar identity. They mean that like to resist a sort of particular instantiation of identity that is what they mean because mm. when you when they and they talk about like uh cast even though it's like the story itself is bullshit but it's kind of like interesting the castaneda thing uh don juan and they talk about native uh sorry indigenous culture i can't say native because i live in canada that's a big no-no um they talk about how it's not really an identity but rather it is a mode of being that can sort of peer behind the fabric of a particular form of society and socialization for various purposes, for various spiritual purposes. And then he talks about this in his Francis Bacon book as well. But so, and even Michel Foucault, like he's talking about resisting identity. That is not like what modern queer theory in terms of literature, what's been built up. That's not, you know, nowadays the goal. Now it's like very much an affirmation of identity. So it's like, it's, it's a lot of people that have read, um, have read these foundational texts very poorly. Like even me, like I had a, a, a Frankfurt school professor who, uh, you know, she was a, she was basically a radical feminist in, in the eighties. Right. And she's like, you know, everything that you can find in, in Judith Butler, all of her insights have basically been enunciated better by Michelle Foucault. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. Like, I mean, there's what... some things about Butler that it's kind of true, like the performativity thing, mm -hmm. but she's like, thing is Judith Butler is basically just a neoliberal nowadays. Okay. That is it. Judith Butler mm -hmm. is just like the perfect neoliberal, whether she wants to admit it or not, or does Judith Butler go by she or whatever it, um, it's like, 
all of that shit is basically just like this weird form of neoliberal the neoliberal social but if, order but if there is an like, affirmation of but if there is an affirmation of identity what is the identity if the identities keep being switched up all the time if they're not really as uh, rigid ooh, then ooh. What, yes but Nina. they're not supposed to be material identities there's something more going there but yeah go go ahead okay so if you go to my blog you will see a cleaned up copy of an email exchange that happened regarding my local bike club mm. and uh <laughs> because because the cult is coming to my local bike club and they they ruin everything this cult rips apart communities i hated cyclists enough now they have <laughs> yes and and the thing is this really so much of it has nothing to do with trans identified people at all it's it's the mainstream. It's the fucking allies. It's these people that, mm. you know, Do trans people to... go for bike rides a lot. None ever. Now, who the hell cares? It's irrelevant. Well, but they're also talking about uh, non-binary. Some right? of those so Reddit this... trans people look like they need. I mean, I look like I need a bike ride or two. I mean, come on. But, you know, I mean, well, well, um, they did. I think it was pink news or one of these um, one of these like LGBT uh, news outlets. Uh, just a few weeks ago did a did an article on how you know how like you know, the outside is for <laughs> queers as well because queer hiking until... okay yes, I'd, that's I'd like to i'd like to read part of this okay so so Go somebody says like oh we have this sex checkbox and that's very exclusionary what about non-binary cyclists we need to be inclusive to them mm. and then a bunch of people say like well let's get rid of that checkbox then boom problem solved did you see that but... video of the train oh, wait wait wait, wait. you gotta let me please Nina... geo please oh sorry <laughs> uh, trans ranch geo geo what the fuck please sorry, sorry. uh so people then some people said well i'm not going to renew my membership until you seek guidance from the uniting pride center you know the lgbt mostly t now q plus 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 center so they want the bike club which has no resources to seek guidance from the local church and this keeps going on and finally i chime in because i'm already the village turf and i have nothing to lose uh sure. all right the bike club has always been welcoming cyclists of cyclists of all faiths the club should not prioritize any one religion over others not everyone believes in god likewise not everyone believes in gender identity it's great that everyone has their own faith including gender faith but that's not the club's business Believers pressuring the club to seek direction and guidance from the up center is akin to pressuring it to seek guidance from a single church Checkboxes offering various gender identities are equivalent to checkboxes offering various Christian denominations. If you ask, what is your gender identity? You might as well ask, what church do you attend? Or what is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Such questions are intrusive and inappropriate. Club members are free to discuss their religious beliefs with each other, but the club itself should take no position so that all feel welcome, including atheists. So that's what I wrote knowing that, you know, some people would be pissed off, but I did not write it to piss off people. I wrote it because it's true and because I hate seeing this happen and because clearly the club's going to be is in trouble either way, no matter what happens. And what's the aftermath? Well, you can read the whole thing, but I wanted to I'm, I'm building up to a point yes. here about incoherence. You, you look like an archetypal cyclist, Nina. I hate to say. <laughs> so uh, immediately I get, this response happens to the whole list. There are those in this community who are non-binary. I have non-binary friends, for example, who are chromosomally neither XX nor XY. 
So to deny they exist and insist that all humans have to fit into one or two boxes is unscientific nonsense. Do you want me to read that again? Well, that's, you... that's, it's interesting how, you know, out of all this talk about how you can't, you know, you can't really define sex. Uh, but but these non -bi all all this per all of her non-binary friends, they all just so happen to have chromosomes that reflect the fact that they are non-binary. And they all know this for a fact. But also it wouldn't matter whether they did or they didn't. So it's it's a really it's a really predictable point because you know you're not going to be able to disprove that. But it's I, I see more it's and more like fibromyalgia it's like, and middle-aged white women. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna reread oh. that because because this it is so incoherent. Like people's jaws drop when they see this, and it's said with such conviction. There are those in this community who are non-binary. I have non-binary friends, for example, who are chromosomally neither XX nor XY. So to deny they exist and insist that all humans have to fit into one of two boxes is unscientific nonsense. I want all of my friends to be able to join Bike Club, including those who are not just one of two gender identities. Some may make a counter argument allowing for a narrow range of exceptions, Quote, oh, for those folks with certifiable blah, blah, blah. But it's ridiculous to think that our knowledge of human experience is definitive. We already know about sci some scientific exceptions. There may be more, and it doesn't matter even if there aren't more. It hurts no one, and it's so easy to be accommodating. There is no need to gaslight those whose identities differ. Differing gender identities are not akin to differing religions. If anyone wants to be a part of a club that purposely, purposefully isn't accepting... Of all my friends, I would like to suggest they find a different club. I want all my friends with all of their gender identities to feel like they belong in bike club. But they're not women. By their definition, they're not women. This is one of the things. This is like, like my, a friend of mine, oh, some friends of mine rather, used to be involved in roller derby in, mm. um, in London, which is a women's sport. And like, you know, in order to be inclusive, you need to include non binary people. But and uh, you know, as a way of validating their gender identity, you need to let the non-binary people compete as women within the women's thing. It's like if you really wanted to be respectful, why not just point out like, no, this is for women. You by by your you know you have explained that you are not a woman. You can't come to this thing because you are a woman because you're not a woman. But mm. they have trans uh, sure. cyclist but, clubs and well, no, they don't have trans cyclist stuff. But I want to say this is not a women's cycling club. Men oh. and women and people of any identities, they're already welcome. Oh, right. It's yeah, not yeah, a women's yeah. thing. There's oh, no apologies. barrier to women. My, what, what I was saying well, this is... is so, this is I nonsensical, then. I was, it's totally incoherent and nonsensical. I was just yeah. saying, like, let's not, you know, seek guidance from this one church when we're not seeking guidance from all the other well, churches. Like, this isn't the club's it just, business. It just sounds like well, it's a board church. Well, I think church should have guidance upon all of society, Nina. Sure so you I'm do. Sorry. And we're going to get into that in a moment. But uh, to what you were saying, Nina, it almost sounds like a lot of these people are bored church wives that have nothing better to do than to try and squeeze in something that they think would make Martha look better than Betty in the eyes of the community. That is literally what is happening, actually. Mm -hmm. Literally. But my point in all of this is that, that so that response was incoherent it was also very threatening and that is the whole point of this and that is why she's saying non-binary and she's not saying trans she is mm. she is invoking the most incoherent of all of this because what is underneath all of this and what this is actually about is just one tribe dominating another tribe and so it's just like in 
Orwell's 1984, where if the party says two plus two equals five, it doesn't matter. You know, we all know that doesn't make any sense. That's not the point. The fact that two plus two doesn't equal five just reveals that it's a pure power play. And this well, is a pure power play. It's no, incoherence is a feature, not a bug. That's the thing, though. There was a great um, 4chan uh, copy paste where it's about. It, well, the term came from Borzy actually, which I don't know yeah. if he'll come on. The it's, show, it's interesting having the words "great" it... and "4chan" copy paste in the same sentence. Oh my God, love! <laughs> no, but it was about the nature of what uh, Borzy termed uh, humiliation rituals. It's it's like what the Soviets called um, in the declining period around the 1980s after Brezhnev. What do they call it? Hyperpolitics, love, or hyperdiscourse, where it was like. Yeah, they would say one thing, but they knew that the vast majority of society didn't believe it, but they had to pretend like it was real. Like, you know, all oh, the grain stocks are perfect. Yeah. They're oh, it's, it's like that Solzhenitsyn but, quote about like, they know they're lying. They know that you know that they're lying and so yeah. on and so forth. Yeah, if exactly. If someone can help me out, they either called it hyper discourse or hyper politics, where um, basically there was a fundamental discontinuity between the official channels of knowing and knowledge and what the vast majority of people could see with their own eyes that they had to wait in fucking bread lines. Mm. And the uh, Michael were, says... Were the bread lines actually real, Lever? That, was that yes, no, no, they definitely were. And Michael, and, and they're, you, and so they're coming back. <laughs> and the bread lines are coming back. They're coming back into no, style not. in no, Russia. The grain stocks are amazing. China's actually buying. Lev, did you see the report on the BBC? Only 600 Russian troops, not 6 million, Lev. 600 Russian blah 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 died. all right <laughs> michael says nina is right it's all about power because it's all marxist underpinned but to flip this up a bit i don't I was think it's really marxist i was having a conversation well. with uh hemingway earlier on on twitter today and uh there was an article that i read before talking about uh let's see uh, well article who was talking about the right liberals and how much the right liberals are in the dark when it comes to uh, what's going on right now. This was specifically from Compact Magazine, which some of you guys may have uh, heard about. But what I don't like that I'm seeing right now to the point that Rose was bringing up earlier in the uh, verbal harassment going on of uh, Jen, I believe, is that it seems that it's very difficult for people who are on the reactionary side to see a difference between, let's say, old school gay dudes who just want to settle down and get married and whatever and people who make it a mission to brainwash young kids into their particular way of uh, seeing reality and there is a clear difference between the two and i normally see a lot of people who are on the reactionary side making that difference instead i think they want to lump everything into one thing and they are going to create a i think a fifth column through the process of trying to go well, against everything the other, that they like, hate. One leads to the other. That's everything the leads to everything else. That's, that's, that's not a good argument. You know, you could say that, uh, I, I don't know, that... Yeah, but Lev, it took only about 15 to 10 years from gay marriage to be legalized to, like, drag time story hour. Like, that's a huge... like 15 to 10... It hasn't even been 10 years. And your that's proposition... I mean, yeah. yeah, but your proposition is what, then, as far as how to solve that? I think... It's really, it really goes back to the picture of the human subject that a particular society adopts to begin with that can let in uh, certain distortions, I would say, of, uh, 
of the subject. It's Not really, philosophy, Geo. No philosophy. Philosophy time is over. I'm, trying I'm talking to be, about like, policies. I'm trying to coach it in like more PC terms. Like, no, you like, can't coach it. See, that's the problem. If you're trying to coach it in something, it's like you're trying to give us poison and cover it in sugar so that we don't know that poison? it's poison. No, I'm just saying that when you sort of break down <laughs> Nina knows what I'm walls, talking about. they can't be put back up because the right you wing, live in a fundamentally libertine you're society right Yeah, now. and you're trying to bring in the right-wing death squads by painting them like a nice neutral saying, blue love, color. You're saying that I, should, I want to kill people or whatever. That's like not I'm what I'm saying. I'm saying that you advocate for policies that are going to lump in people who happen to be more liberal-minded or of people course. who are gay or people who have an alternative lifestyle no, no, along think, with think, the people okay. who are going to... I think that it shouldn't be normalized, you know, it shouldn't be whatever, but there ha like gay men are different because there have always been gay men throughout society who have greatly contributed to civilization, probably because they're not distracted by women, um, but th there's been few and far between. I think, you know, and this isn't my point, this is, you know, Jack the Perfume Nationalist point. Jugs, by the way, shout out to Jugs in the chat, I see her again. Hey, Jugs. Um, his point being that Gay men have done great things because they've there've always been sort of like a hiddenness or sort of like a form of a you know oppression against them. So they kind of like need that as a spark of inspiration to actually achieve great feats in science and art uh, and culture. But nowadays, well, well, because the gay okay. identity has become so bourgeois, it's become so you know normal not just normalized. It's become literally passe. Gay men are passe, therefore they're just in the same position of cultural decay as everyone else. So you want to bring them back in the closet or persecute uh, gay I men who are... I think it would greatly benefit from being at least somewhat back in the closet. See, I don't, I don't even have to say anything. Policy. I don't even have to add an argument. I should just let Geo speak and the argument well, works what out you for me. You, like, so this Ni is the Nina and Rose, what do you guys, what do you guys think other. of this? I, I, we, it was not even 10 years from gay marriage to be legalized to now having like children and hormones left. Yes, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. wouldn't say that game. I wouldn't say same-sex marriage is what caused that to happen. No, there's no, obviously, more obviously, of a, yeah. There's there are a lot more of a factor. So if you were to focus entirely on well, because I've seen a lot of people do this. It's like you know that there have been memes where it's like since 2015. You know we've had things like the drag queen story hour. <laughs> yeah. We've had um, like drag kids, uh, like all of this kind of generous shit. But I wouldn't say that that. I would say that for a long time, the the, the biggest arguments for same-sex marriage were coming from more conservative gay and lesbian men and women, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed right. to the more queer radicals. And the reason for that is that for the radicals, they see marriage as assimilation into the uh, cis-het normative culture. They despise it. They despise mm. the idea of marriage. Um, some of them will be hypocrites and will end up getting married and using those rights, but they a lot of them dislike what modern what Western society is. Um, but these people also do have influence in various circles, and I would I think that even if same sex marriage hadn't been legalized in America or in the UK or or anywhere else. Um, the kind of the progressive wave is enough that we would have been seeing the same things like Drag Queen Story Hour, and if anything, progressives would have then tried to use Drag Queen Story Hour to yeah. to jump up to push for support for same sex marriage, which would be absolutely mortifying for your average gay man. Here's the thing, though. Here's one base point, Lev. You think I'm just like some kind of Jerry Farwell, 
or, you know, Nick Fuentes just bashing gay people. No, here's the real based in red pill point that is kind of like, I'm going to piss off both the trads and people and liberal mush heads like you love ditto heads as Rush Limbaugh, RIP, God rest his soul, would say. The real point is that when it comes to gay men in particular, a lot of them resisted gay marriage like what Rose of Dawn was saying because they lived within a different picture of sexuality and monogamy that genuinely was transgressive and genuinely did produce great works of art and culture. And they said, and this is coming right from Michel Foucault, they said that they don't want marriage because that is too bourgeois, that is too proletarian, that is too normalized. And now what you have, you have this hideous, I would say, gelded creature like Dave Rubin posting the fucking baby pictures. This is the problem with conservative gay people in terms of like not conservative their politics. What's wrong with Dave Rubin posting the baby pictures? Because it's disgusting and everyone sees it so, Lev, but more or less it's, it's a detriment to the children. It's a detriment to conservatives, but more importantly, it's a detriment to gay identity because now gays have lost their edge culturally. That is the problem. But but and, gay people don't not all gay people want to be um, yeah. edgy. Not all of them yeah. want to be tr- like trendy or you know come out with exactly. these, like great yeah. ways. Like I know plenty of gay people who are just slobs. You're yeah, well, just, well, Gio, Gio, you're you're saying oh, like Tim Dillon for example. But Gio, you're saying exactly. You're agreeing with Rose. Yet a lot of the things that you're talking about here, they can just exist in space. They have to have some kind of a foundation of no, what kind what of I'm policy saying, decision you want to enact so that your worldview exists. Otherwise, I'm not you're talking just talking about policy. I'm not talking like this is going beyond policy. I mean, I don't like that's another discussion for another time. What I'm saying, though, is that basically they are trying to take a what was traditionally a subversive group and sort of bring them into the fold of bourgeois normalcy. Because don't forget, it's not just a political thing because there were men, I know this is kind of a controversial point, but even within fascist movements, there were gay men. There sure. were, you know, the homofascist oh, yeah. thing is the actual thing. Still are. Yeah. But uh, yeah. when it comes to By the though, way, we should get Twink Revolt on the stream. Yes. But the when homo- it comes to, uh, Gio, but <laughs> when it comes to, Twink Revolt. and this is a question, I know where Nina went, but this is a question for both uh, Rose and Gio. When it comes to the matter of choice, what you're saying is that now there was, you know, maybe you could say that it was pushed artificially, astroturfed in some way, but either way, what ended up happening now is that people have a choice. It isn't like people are being lined up and uh, forced to marry as well. So my question to you is, if regardless of any cultural changes that have occurred because of this, if we're purely talking about do you advocate for there being more choice or less choice that people would have, which one would it be, Geo? And which one would it be, Rose? Um, In fact, let's start with Rose, as far as the question of choice oh, goes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, start with Rose, then ask me again. Yeah. I, I was typing yeah, yeah. the... Yeah. Okay, so I, I mean, I'm fully in support of same-sex marriage, right? I, what I wouldn't be in support of is effectively forcing religions to fall in line with it. Um, that's because I think that that's an argument for those various churches or or whatever those religious movements are. So they have the sanctity of their marriage because not all marriages, not all marriage ceremonies or ideas of marriage are the same the world over. 
And so, you know, they it ultimately, as far as the eyes of the law are concerned, marriage is just a legal agreement. Um, so you can have that, but if you want, but it's up to the end. It's up, for example, it should be up to like various churches, various denominations, whether they want to include same-sex marriage within their within well, within their own spheres. I think, and I wouldn't want to be telling a Christian that they have to accept mm. this. I would never want to do that because it just seems it just seems wrong to remove the choice sure. from them. Um, but I think it's important that you know if if like you know to just to give pe- to make sure that people have that right within law to do so. I don't think that that being against that is you know like I, I get the argument that. You know, this isn't um, conservatism. Like, I get that because, well, conservatives haven't been conserving anything for a long time. All conservatives ever do is <laughs> hold the line um, yeah. for yes. what for what uh, liberals wanted 10 or 20 years before. You know, there's like that Stone Toss comic, which is just like um, neo-Marxists are the real transphobes. And like, you know, that that's, that is kind of the way that, that conservatives go. Like, they're, they're not very, generally not very successful in conserving things anyway. Um, and they're also not the ones that seem to have the fire in their belly either, as far as they're kind of settled into this idea of uh, being supported by various corporate interests, and they don't really feel yeah. like they have to defend liberty But that's what uh, I mean, all. though, Lev. You, you like the, the Dave Rubin thing, okay, renting out a woman's womb, to go into what is just an unnatural environment. I mean, come on. That's, I don't know. Love. I don't, this, is, I, this is where radical feminists are totally on the same side as Geo in terms exactly. of opposition of surrogacy. Yeah. It's, it's surrogacy all over is, is again is with pretty... Ridley Reagan and Andrew Dworkin going against pornography. I it's agree. Sur- surrogacy is reprehensible. Exactly. I don't see that as being the, there are bit... so many un- unwanted, like the children that need to be adopted. Why should you re- why like it's just I don't know I don't know they're, they're luxury items exactly exactly. Items. Yeah. exactly they are a luxury item like, for bourgeois gay men to prance around it's just it's disgusting well like, but not I just for been... gay men but for all sorts no, of no but also yeah also these you know these upper women. class they want their designer kids you know and now they're going to talk about CRISPR gene editing. Come well, on. there are there are what, okay what was Rose to, to say? give the to give hear. the devil Sorry, their due yeah, to give the devil their due. There are a lot of uh, scary things that may be happening in terms of gene editing that we have to look out for. But again, to me, it comes back to something that I think uh, people are all too quick to run away from, which is again the question of freedom, the question of what rights people have. So, to the point that Rose was bringing up, if you're in the Christian community and certain things are looked down upon, then fine, you're like an Amish community or whatever. But if we're talking about actual laws that are implemented in states, in countries, things of that nature, Geo, are you in favor then of there being, you know, not in, let's say, Christian communities, but in general, in terms of the law, are you in favor of there being gay marriage, for instance? Nah, not really. Okay, I mean, well there, but there, there we be go. Maybe so, so some like civil union thing, but like the pro. Okay, the problem is okay. The problem is that when it comes to marriage in general, in terms of a state contract, I mean, I'm not a libertarian by any means. I I was for many years. I think like the original intent of marriage was very much a ceremonial and religious thing. So by definition, there is at least in my church no such thing as gay marriage. But when it comes to 
marriage in terms of the state, that's a different thing because that like every in Canada, for instance, if you live with someone for more than six months, I believe you are technically under the eyes of the law, just as much in quote unquote married than other people. So, but it, so this is what I mean in terms of a religious ceremony by definition, unless you belong to some United church bullshit, um, yeah, there's no such thing as gay marriage, but you know, when it comes to the state, that's different. I mean, that's, but how that's is that Caesar, different from the situation? Yeah, but how whatever. is that different from the situation right now? I don't really see you being satisfied with letting Babylon be Babylon and letting the religious communities be the religious communities. Because it communities. never works that way, because inevitably Babylon will come for us. That's but just that's like just like ancient Rome talking about how, uh, you know, we're going to have these invaders coming in, so we got to invade them first. That's been no, the, the right-wing argument the for a lot of these cultural war things, where you want to get ahead of the problem that you think is going to be obviously. coming your way. Yes, obviously, obvious, obviously by taking over the institutions no, and we'll, by we'll enacting your own the... kind of order and not letting gay people get married because of your but order. we have the gift of hindsight, love. We have, like, it only, not even, like Nina was saying, not even 10 years it took for that. We, for we don't know just... if that was a direct, but but we're contesting whether one caused the other what where i make I the connection is that the lobbying groups the, that were exactly, lobbying for yeah. gay marriage once they achieved that they could not let go of their money train they they were exactly. set up for fundraising and they had to find something else to keep but them notice going how they, they also had to topple the discourse of the gay men in particular to now gay men are viewed just as equally harshly as you know cis men mm or women or whatnot. So there had to be a greater, more radical group to push forward a cultural agenda that had to take place. It, it was, I think, I think it was directed. It wasn't just, I mean, yeah, it was directed. directed. I think it was directed. Yeah. It, it, I don't yeah. think it happened organically at all. I think, I think there yeah. was money behind no, it. No, I could definitely Obviously. agree about the policy questions, well, but well, then we, going we, back we, to we, real quick, Joe, going back to Rose, when it does come to this idea of we see a slippery slope, we're not sure if whatever's happening right now is specifically connected to gay marriage, but like Nina said, we do recognize that there are certain people at play that would take advantage of uh, you know, them having uh, money and the need to make more money and the to enact certain, yeah, yeah, enact certain yeah. things. But do you also see there being a problem with more conservative, reactionary-leaning people wanting to nip it in the bud to such an extent that they would get rid of gay marriage entirely to prevent these other slippery slopes from coming in? Well, it's important to get it right where the slippery slope has begun. Um, where I think you got to ask the question, is it same-sex marriage which has started it? Well, no, it isn't. Um, there are other parts within the more kind of progressive queer movements which are kind of very much unconnected to what um, kind of... Well, basically, what I'm trying to say is there's a big difference between like almost like LGB, if you want to call it, lesbian, gay. Lesbian and gay, specifically, because that's what a lot of them would just kind of be in the 70s. And the more kind of radical um, queer... Um, movements that would generally spring up from the the, the the late basically from like stonewall riots which was one of the biggest kind of turning yeah. points for a lot of this because prior to that there was um like kind of gay movements would refer to themselves as homophile um thank god they don't anymore but that they that that's how they would kind of label themselves and they went for more of a conservative look but then during the 60s when 
political, you know, everyone got got nice and radicalized, kind of like what's happening now. Uh, gay rights movements got like that as well. And Stonewall wasn't necessarily the thing which kicked that off, but it was part of the many things which like kind of forced that change. And then eventually you had almost two kind of movements. You had what was formerly the homophile movement, but then you also had the more uh, like gay liberation front um, style yeah. movements. So ones ones which would name themselves after after like Pol Pot and um, <laughs> like Cuban revolutionary groups. Like, there was a lot of these, like because a lot of them had. Um, ties to the very far left, like they would have ties to communist militias. They, 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 and so you have these kind of like two very, like two very like different kind of strains of it already. And the the radical side kind of died down a bit during the during the eighties. Kind of sprung up a little bit again during the AIDS crisis, but. Mm. Um, a lot, of, but mostly by that point, the the more kind of moderate side of it almost took over. But you still had people like Mario Mielli in the background, and um, people who, you know, interestingly, would never talk about gender identity, but they would talk a lot about being pedophiles or or deadland dead bodies. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they they would talk a lot more about that than trans stuff. Like it's it's really really weird to read over a lot of these old books, but yeah, they they barely mention the trans stuff, but diddling kids, uh, like you know, like. Well, I wanted to ask you because a lot of your content, um, you you have uh, the one series Pillars of the Community. Oh yeah. Um, you uh, covered our art. Well, I hate to say on this stream we've uh, milked some of our most popular streams a bit on a you know CWC, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you think um see my problem here this is inside baseball between me and lev because his thing is that he thinks that a future uh hypothetical evil is worse than an at current evil to stop it so i don't know about that but do you notice that <laughs> sorry lev but do you do you think that you mentioned the beginning those sort of like early text-based trans websites that yes. they had a flavor of uh, cheese pizzaism because I want to avoid the term mm. for YouTube. Oh audience. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Um, but do you do you feel that that is a problem, or do you think that's just an unfair stereotype? That for some reason it seems that a lot of the trans activism, at least, is very comfortable with expressing a desire for like, uh, let's call them underage people for the algorithm mm. getting I'm, involved or being, mm. you know, yeah. Yeah. Or so, like that kid in times square thing. Yeah. 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 Mm. So I, I, I would say that the, 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 these kinds of websites, um, weren't particularly pizzery. Mm -hmm. Um, but they were weird. They were yeah. very weird filled with people who weren't properly socially adjusted. And would come out with very, very strange comments and would try and act overly um, flamboyantly feminine. Like, um, I remember, I, I actually used one of these websites once because I needed someone to talk to after I came out to my parents and my mum said some pretty harsh things to me. And I needed somewhere to vent. And this was like the only place. And so I, I typed about it. And then someone responded like, you know, oh, three of us, like you know, me, like this woman, this this Tranner and two others well, apparently all sitting in their room drinking tea and eating scones and they all started weeping when they read my post and I was like hold on a second who the 
pockaxe like this? Who sits aristocratic around? Yeah, women uh, <laughs> from the Victorian like, age. Yeah, just like sitting around having having afternoon tea. Like generic. Like, who the hell does that? Like, but the, this is like what the kind these kinds of people were. They they weren't necessarily like kind of the 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 tranners that you see today. These weren't the blue hairs, the the ones who pose with baseball bats, saying you know like punch a turf, that kind of thing. These were just very very weird people who you just would not be comfortable talking to even online. It's like they, lots they, they of have... summer wine, but trans like little yeah, little like, England. They've they like very very few boundaries. Um, oh, like man. would would kind of talk not necessarily talk about um, like kind of kink stuff, but but would be you know open about like bodies or, or whatever so just so much of it was weird like th this was for a long time kind of like the trans community as it was was very weird mm. it was filled with very weird people it was clear in the academic sense like it, 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 but clear, I, yeah. kind of but i wouldn't even necessarily say that it was or maybe actually maybe. and mo and most of them were men right they were weird men oh yes do you, oh yeah, do you, absolutely. And do you think that um, I'm very glad, Rose, that you're acquainted with the literature? Um, have you ever heard of the book Theory of the Young Girl? I haven't. Um, th I think like they would consider this like kind of maybe rad femme or turfy now, but uh, my good friend, Impossible Princess on Twitter, she she actually you know did an academic academia talked about like a you know a lot of how the aesthetic of the young girl in particular is sort of like a perennial spring of innocence. And I think that a mm. lot of trans men in particular, they adopt either like you were saying, because they have sort of, let's call it, you know, sanitized word, a, a neurodivergence about mm. them mm. that they have like a particular sort of proclivity towards um, like anime and hyper femininity. Mm. And like, they have a sort of, um, or like those anime avatars on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we see like them. Yeah, they have an objection about that particular relation to the young girl that I think can come off as yeah. like from a trad reactionary perspective can come off know. as like normalizing pizza-related things, right? Absolutely. Mm. So, so like, just, just to clarify, a trans man is a female to male. Yes. Right. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I mean like uh, male to female. I know, yeah, I, like, I, I knew what you trans, mean. You knew trans, you meant, but it's like trans yeah. men wouldn't be sitting around wearing frilly or some. No, like they have nowadays. a different. They have like a different thing. I wonder. Oh, what... they, they 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 like using names like Kai. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Aiden. Hi, Aiden. Hi. Yeah. Like they they, yeah. they like trans trans men will usually pick the same different types. Like there's normally like five names, and it's always wow. ones that are like can be shortened to three letters. So there's, there's, there's definitely like that, that that's their thing. No, like trans trans women are the much more normal frilly dresses and yeah, um, like yeah. just changing whatever your male name was, just just making it feminine. Um, but yeah, there's there's absolutely um, specifically I would say with older trans like old trans women who come out when they are older yeah. are, seem to be the ones who are very much attracted to this idea of you know using like you know the the image of a young girl as innocence whereas a trans woman like myself who comes out of a much younger age and transitions at a much younger age we we just seem to be generally the ones that are more adapted to society and understand mm. that sitting around in frilly dresses and pigtails 
and um, saying things like, oh, us, us girls love our pampering and stuff like that. Like, we, yeah. we, we, we yeah. re- recognize that this is not how people talk. But, this what, is not but why do you think? Uh, why do you think these uh, avatars of the younger anime girls are also found in a lot of reactionary right wing circles as well? It almost seems like both the left and the right are adopting these things on Twitter right now. Mm. Uh, a lot of them, are, a lot of them, just going to be fanboys or or people who just want to <laughs> who, who are just basically like um, <laughs> trans thoughts. That's what a lot of them are like. Yeah, mm. I hate to say it, but even within like surprisingly very far right spaces there's like the the femboy like catboy yeah. i'm not to name names you know who i'm referring to but oh, like, femboys are definitely a thing in the far right yeah it seems that even i think even like the theory cell side which i mostly come from uh from the far right i think there's sort of like a weird thing but i think like the i mean of course the vast majority of people on the far right are you know religious and not yeah they hate all of this but um, no, I wouldn't read... say that. I mean, look at Hero Alchemy. Hero Alchemy has an avatar of an anime girl, and uh, he's a religious, uh, you know, Christian uh, young man. Yeah, but anime in the far right, I think, is a different reason than why trans people adopt far like anime avatars. I think because anime manages to escape Western political categories, and also they have mm. this very archetypal idea of femininity that is more acclimatized to a far-right idea of what gender is so here is a quote from so this is called preliminary materials for a theory of the young girl it's written in a very like poetic like almost kind of like e coming style like there's different fonts everywhere um so the masculine young girl is a paradox in that she is a product of a sort of alienation by contagion although the feminine young girl appears as the incarnation of a certain alienated masculine image imagine imagery so imaginary uh, content there is nothing imaginary about the alienation of this incarnation is although concretely that she has eluded those who fantasize uh the fantasy she populates in order to face and dominate them as the young girl emancipates herself blossoms and multiplies the dream turns into an all-consuming nightmare is at this point that her former slave returns to tyrannize yesterday's master in the end we witness an ironic epilogue in which she the male sex becomes both the victim and the object of its own alienated desire. So in other words, I think the, uh, the author, let me, who is the author? Um, some academic, uh, I think from the new school actually left. Mm. So it's published by Semiotext. So it probably is from the new school. Um, this is by uh, Tukun. I forget the first name. Mm. But in other words, they're saying that the young girl has been primarily an object of male desire but when the young girl becomes this cultural archetype, mm. then it takes on a life of its own. And now, like, the sort of... The feminine re- reclamation of the young girl, particularly the e-girl. But now you have this weird thing where trans people, particularly, you know, male to female, are encapsulated... Like, they're they're sort of possessed by this idea of the perfect feminine waifu young girl anime princess. But now it's like they have to become that. Because they themselves cannot, you know, be that. Like, mm. I know that's, like, a well, stereotype. I know, Nina, like, you yeah. have a response. Yeah, to a lot of it. Well, first, I'm sure you're all familiar with the term autogynephilia, right? Right, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and you're familiar with what's known as Blanchard's two types, right? Mm-hmm. HST, homosexual, transsexual, and then... Right. Uh, which yeah. is an oversimplification, of course. But mm. uh, one thing 
so so as Lev, no, as, Lev, as Gio is talking about this fetishization of young girls, this makes a lot of women angry. Uh, mm. We are pretty pissed off that we are regarded, especially when we're young and vulnerable. We are regarded as you know just this this object this symbol it's like innocence it's it's grotesque right like real yeah. women are not are not like that and so we have all that shit and then we have you know like some very pervy autogynephilic guys and by the way i am not saying all autogynephiles are perverts just that the most obnoxious perviest offenders they autogynephiles are represented quite highly among them yeah so there is a there yeah. is a correlation mm. and uh, as massive mcgee says can't get a gf become the gf well the hsts it, they're they're different in that they they have um a sort of like weird like they've internalized the male gaze because they have body types that can pass quote-unquote pass as women and so the hsts they're like very like hypersexualized. They're usually like you know the Thai lady boy. Archetype. Actually, it's not the thing. Is like the, these are very God, I, general I feel dirty types. Just saying this, holy crap! They're, they're they're very very general types, and yeah, they're they're sort of a gross oversimplification, mm. but. Yeah. One that you can't, you know, if you're like in the real world and seeing things, you're just like, well, this here is a textbook autogynephile. Is right? it true Not that, that... Gay, the gay men in particular, like despise like very feminine gay men? Like that's the theory that very feminine gay men become HSTS. Is it true that like gay who's men the, in particular... Who's the gay man here you're asking? No, no, but you, you've been, you know, you've I, been... I, I know, I know gay quite... For a long... mm. Oh, go, oh. go ahead, Rose. Go oh, ahead. yeah, I, I, I know... I know several gay men who really, really hate like flamboyant um, kind of feminine gay men. Like I wouldn't say necessarily that is what makes um, some of these people transition, uh, but like there's there's definitely like this thing of like gay people who will be like, oh, I hate the gays. It's like, but you are one. And it's like, yes, I know. That's why I hate them. Like. <laughs> Several like, of them have been on this show, actually. Like, yeah, it's 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 definitely a thing within the community. Like, I wouldn't, I don't know whether it's it's like you know overwhelming. I don't think it would mm. be, but there's, I definitely know people. I know, I know one person, one guy who's like pretty camp himself, but he really doesn't like other camp guys. Really, really mm. doesn't like him, mm. and it's kind of funny. Men seem to really like to exclude other men from manhood. Yeah, it's natural. And there's that one of the other offensive things about some of the worst trans activists is they'll say that they're widening the bandwidth of what it is to be a woman. Oh, yeah. And they're just like, widen the oh, bandwidth God. of what it is to be a man. It's like the issue here is men. I really, I think what is desperately needed to solve a lot of problems with this, maybe all of them, is for men to step up and help other men. Mm. Because instead they just throw men out of manhood, and then they're just like, "Here's here's some garbage." But, the, for you but then, women. Like but you, then the question is, is no, but, but then the question nowadays. is, what do you do to uh, make them uh, step up? Well, not make them step up, but what do you do to inspire other men as opposed to just uh, distance them if they don't happen to fall into your uh, into your stereotype of what a man is? Because I think that a lot of things that are missing today from men's experience is having a certain goal to achieve having a reason for living and it goes back to the question of 
Why should I build a career? You know, is it just about money? Is it just about, like, am I going to have the kind of uh, family, the kind of loyalty that I imagine existed back in the old days, regardless of whether that was true or not? But there is still, like, this ideal that I'm sure many men want to live up to as being the stereotypical breadwinner, things of that nature. And at least it seems like the culture today does not emphasize a lot of these things for the men, and they do have all these male grifters who come in and waste their time with a lot of bullshit too. But I also notice in Geo, you may be you may agree with me on this that there is still, at least with some of, like, the raw egg Twitter people, there is this sense of brotherhood that it doesn't matter what you look like, it doesn't matter the kind of things that you still have to work on. There is still this trend of enjoying the fact that people around you are making gains in their life, that they're getting better. You know, men call each other king, you know, things of that nature. So there are yeah, certain, yeah, yeah, certain communities yeah. like that that are rising up that I see as being a very I, uh, positive thing. I think what, that basically what, the problem with that analysis, Nina, is that maybe it was true 10 years ago. It was certainly true with sort of the manosphere. But I think that nowadays the problem is the picture of masculinity has been distorted in general. And so you, on both sides, you sort of have on the one end, which is a sort of total destruction of masculinity. But the other end, you have what I would call, or rather what Robert Mariani termed the M to M's who are making it difficult because in order to counterbalance the culture in general, they have to instantiate a very like hyper reified and like hyper um, performative ver version of masculinity which is very not serving anybody because ultimately it's just a grift. And as we know from, uh, you know, people like Jack Murphy, that a lot of it is just a grift. It's just to put on, but I would say that there are genuine sources of masculinity, you know, Lev mentioned Ryag nationalist, who's a good friend of the show, good friend of mine. Uh, you know, even though I don't have the uh, raw egg bodybuilder body type, maybe one day, who knows? Um, but uh, people are mentioning Valerie Salernis in the chat, which I, the reason I hate Valerie is because Andy Warhol was one of my favorite uh, modern artists. He was based in Tradpilled, and Valerie uh, was a total psycho. But I would say that when it comes to the literature, it seems that there is um, who who is the woman that wrote um, the xenofeminist thing? What's her name? She's on Twitter. She actually wrote a personal letter dissing my friend Adam Lair. Uh, I forget her name. But it seems that the trans stuff, it's become when it comes to like the trans feminism stuff. What we were talking about with the young girl, there is a relation where there is a sense of um, through the distortion of gender itself, mm. it opens up these other realms of thinking of you know posthumanism and transhumanism. And I think uh, there's some people like one of them. There's a great Keith Woods video that talked about how there are. Uh, trans people involved within transhumanism but uh oh yes yeah god uh god's dominatrix mentioned sadie plant um sadie plant is a great author i love her book her book uh, zeros and ones talks about uh sort of femininity within the digital world great book uh she also wrote the book about drugs uh nick's land oh lev i wonder if we get nick's land on the hmm. show but before we go on i wanted to read another uh, passage from uh preliminary theories on the young girl um 
the dictator so believe in beauty the dictatorship of beauty is also the dictatorship of ugliness it does not signify the brutal hegemony of a certain paradigm of beauty but rather more radically the hegemony of the physical simulacrum as the form of the objectivity of beings understood as such we can say that nothing prevents such a dictatorship from extending over everyone the beautiful the ugly and the indifferent the young girl does not mind miming submission here and there because she knows it is dom she dominates something in this beings something in this brings her in line with the ma machoism the masochism that has long been taught to women which makes them cede the signs of power to men in order to recover innately the certitude that they possess them in reality sexuality does not exist it is the abstraction of movement of human relations blah 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 so in other words it seems that with the e-girl but also with the hsts there is this sort of conscious taking on of the commodification of beauty where yeah. they take on this like i'm a submissive trad wife that bakes you sun or red pies and like you know i live in a fucking wheat field right it seems that there is this weird um inversion of that picture of submission in order to in a way manipulate the male gaze and i wonder if when it comes to like the the femboys and the cat girls you know i wonder if it's a cat boys whatever i don't even fucking know anymore um it's like th there seems to be that weird interplay between the commodification of the beautiful young girl and the sort of pantomime of it with certain uh, trans folks God, I'd use that oh. term folk. Before, Man. okay, before with an X, before we uh, get to the end, though, a lot of this philosophy stuff is very interesting. It's out of my particular wheelhouse as far as the kind of things that I'm interested in uh, talking about uh, personally when it comes to what is actually going to be done right now with the situation we have. We have. Oh yeah, we didn't the sports thing. That's well, right. Well, hold on. It's not. It's not just a matter of the sports thing, though. What I want to still get from uh, Nina and Rose before we go is if you could have a crystal ball and see two divergent ways this could all go. The slippery slope that was talked about before uh, by Geo, and this is something that concern. Uh, concern. I'm not gonna say concerning. We you know what I mean. There is this something. There is something not quite right about the idea that in order to get rid of something that you perceive to be coming in the way you're going to have to dig all the way back and remove all of the gains that people have had in terms of the freedom that those freedoms may allow for some you know pretty uh you know ugly stuff to sometimes happen along with stuff that's uh, nice so my question goes to here with these with the splitting of uh, potential futures. Number one, what would happen if people who are reacting in the negative to not just the uh, uh, drag queen story hour, but also to gay marriage in general, to a lot of the other things that we would describe as being socially progressive in how people are treated. If in order to get rid of this ultimate doom problem that people see coming on the way you end up getting rid of uh, a lot of these rights where do you see those how many of those rights do you guys and this is for everybody see being rid of what would be the after effects of that and on the other side if those rights are not gotten rid of 
and if nothing really is going to be done as far as other movements by activists to normalize certain things that people find to be disgusting today, where exactly do you see that leading as well? So those are the two questions. Nina, go no, for you're, it. You're, you're grinding our very good theory cell discussion for this Libya rights-based conundrum here. I can't believe you. Go ahead. Nina, Nina go I'm for it. Sorry. Only if Gio won't interrupt. Yes. Well, just just for that, I, don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, my God. Now I have to go back to what the hell I was thinking before it got derailed. <laughs> um, I think, well, what would uh, satisfy me and a lot of other pissed-off feminists is if we had sex-based rights and protections. We want those, you know, clear. We want people to be able to define what a woman is, an adult human female, and we want you know, we want our sex-based rights. What our, our objection to what is happening is that uh, women's sex-based rights are being eliminated in the name of some kind of lunatic you know, pro progressivism. And uh, I have never had anything against trans people. I am in favor of people being weird. I am in favor of men wearing dresses and women wearing top hats or whatever it's like people wear what they want uh but sex is real and uh it never even occurred to most of us that the people would pretend that it's not real or, or that they would lose their freaking minds but that would just be such a simple way to solve so many problems that are caused by this and then if people want to talk about you know that they that they find woman face offensive or something like that they can go ahead and and do that but for me this isn't like about being personally offended although it's getting that way um but it's it's really an issue of just women's rights so just freaking have them meanwhile you know what i do see happening is a horrible horrible backlash like that this has just gone way too far out of control and the backlash is gonna hurt all kinds of innocent people that never asked mm. for this so, and so, I've, so do you anticipate yeah. Go on. I was just I've been friends with weirdos for a long yeah. time. I mean, in spite of what people say about me, you know, I have I have tranny friends, you know. I, I don't want to see this backlash hmm. destroy them. But in and terms of the ruined. backlash, this is what I'm curious about. This gets to my question. What do you see the backlash as being? You may say that it's already in effect, but if you were to imagine like a real right-wing backlash to a lot of the things that are going on right now, do you see it coming for a lot of the things that we're used to right now that uh, people on the right would argue are the slippery slope things that ended up creating it in the first place? I would say that they would argue that liberty itself, the idea that we're living in a liberal society, that that has to be gotten rid of in order for a lot of these things not to crop up in the future. So Well, we're, we're pretty decadent right now. I guess I see a backlash taking the form of... Um, m more kinds of gender enforcement or gen gender enforcement going up onto a legal level, right? Like, like cross-dressing is banned, like period. And, and these issues with uh, banning trans surgeries, I understand the motivation for that. They pause a real problem for people that have already had these surgeries and need exogenous hormone treatments in order to 
you know, not get osteoporosis and, and die. But I, I think that, I think that some very unsubtle and unnuanced, uh, lawmaking could happen that would Baged. be pretty harmful uh yeah pr pretty harmful and yeah but you would agree with banning it for children though like hormone replacement and i agree with banning it for for children but there are some children that already have had these things and they need continued and that's a tragedy it's like the same with Victims I, of thalidomide. I mean, it's right. It's like it's like if you them. if you ban it outright, then there's no path. You you have to. You can say like, okay, we won't do this anymore. But you have right. to like the same surgeons that did this stuff have to be available to yeah. provide longer term health. Then they will go to jail after they're it. available. Well, it's just you know it, it needs a little bit of nuance, and and it's terrible that it does need a little bit. Of Geo, you're like, uh, Nina, you're on the internet. There is no nuance. That's what I'm learning here. That's really unfortunate. Sorry, I have but, to throw some out to my my red wing, my right wing audience. But, a little bit of chump, chump for the sharks. Sex-based rights for women and an acknowledgement of the reality of sex would go a long but, way to solve I, problems. Well, I got to get to Rose of Dawn as well, yeah. though. But the problem, the problem is, I, I want to hear Rose. Like, yes. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Rose. So, so just just to just to make sure I'm understanding the question, it's in order. To, basically, it's in order to um, stop like clown world from happening. What rights could be feasibly removed that would effectively stop the slippery slope? That's that actually that's a better question that I had, and I would love for you to answer that question. My question was, what do you anticipate? would be the rights that end up taking being taken away should more right-leaning uh, reactionary people end up prevailing over time in let's say the united states for instance and what would be the after effect of that but i right. would also love to hear after that uh, that version as well as far as mm. what would be like a feasible thing that people would be able to agree on because that's kind right. of what we're trying to get to as well yeah so so um Going on to like what kind of right leaning people could potentially get rid of, and I'm not saying these as things whether I support or oppose them, these are just things that I think would feasibly happen. Um, would be um, like a banning of transition for um, people under the age of 18. Um, like that, that would be the that would be the main thing that I could see them bringing in at uh, things like toilet. Um, you know, kind of like bathroom laws, as they're often called, those things are completely unfeasible in practice. Um, so even if they were to be bought in, they would be very, very hard to enforce. In, unless um, there is a trans person that is harassing women, they are. Because, like, how many men, like, on the sly, when there's no women around, and, like, the, the male bathroom is occupied, how many men have actually gone into women's I've never done that, but I know men that have done that. You like, know, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? Yeah, like, I think it would only, like, it would need for people to become, make it, actually make it an issue. And a yeah. lot of these, uh, also from some of the, the kind of the, the the setups that I've seen for these kinds of laws, it puts a lot of onus on a business to make sure that, uh, like, a male isn't going into a female space or vice versa. Mm. So that would mean effectively having bouncers on bathrooms and then doing, you know, effectively needing to ID people in order to use the bathroom. If you need to be apps, when you put that much of an onus on the on the people who own the belt, like you know, the whether it's like the people who are leasing the building or whatever, like the business owners in in public. Yeah, like that, that's a big that's a, that's 
for for the people who advocate for it, that's something with like the the actual way in which these things could feasibly work is never thought of. Um, and I, I think something like that would just be far too. Imp- like, again, I would be very much against. So uh, for for obvious reasons, I, I would be very much against it. But even if you to look at it as like a practicality argument, like there's there's it's simply not fair to put that much of an onus on a business to ensure that a trans woman never enters a man like a a, a female space. You know like, what's funny? Um, have you ever heard of the case here in Canada? of the gym owner. It's funny. My old man, not to dox myself, but my old man actually did a, his driveway. Uh, he was a gym owner. I forget his name now, but you could look up. This became a famous case where mm. he was brought to the human rights commission because a trans woman, no, sorry, a trans, uh, Oh God, male to female. Yeah. That's the trans, that's the trans woman, trans woman. Yes. Um, went into like demanded like a, like what he what happened was women were uncomfortable. Like it wasn't like a quote unquote you know passable um, trans woman. Yeah, and women were very uncomfortable with this person uh, because he she he you know she just wearing revealing clothing and stuff. So he wanted to accommodate this person by saying that you know I'm going to give you a special like uh, unisex changing room yeah it was a changing room it wasn't like the actual working out it was a changing room and this person decided to do a grift kind of like janet yenev uh by the way you know my good i'm actually uh good friends with uh amy slat annie slats uh, all right did the yeah the story yeah um but this was in a town you know fairly close to me Mm. uh whereas yenev is in vancouver i live next to Mm. niagara falls um so what happened was he went to the Human Rights Commission, almost lost his business over it. Um, and because this person wanted to be like, you know, by you giving me a special change room on my own, it's discriminatory, blah, blah, blah. So instead of like the vast majority of people being like, wow, you're going to give me like my own private change room. That's amazing. It's like becomes this big you know culture war thing yeah because what's happening one of the well there's two ways of how this person could be seeing it one which is probably most likely is the grift angle it, it, it's yeah. quite in fact it's quite similar to the uh Yaniv case or cases yes. rather mm. with a lot of the things that Yaniv has done because um Yaniv was taking advantage of precedents that have been set by trans activists when you declare for example that um, you know, if you are a woman because you say you are, ergo, like this is a woman's penis, this is a woman's testicles. The feminine penis that's, thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's that is what Yaniv was able oh. to. Like, yes, he failed at every single attempt. Um, but the fact that he was even able to take it to the human rights tribunal in the first place um, yeah. is entirely down to the. Um, basically the agendas that are pushed by trans activists if you are to say that a like you know this is a woman's penis like I, I, whenever i talk about this like people always laugh and it's like it, it's just so absurd but like this is what reality is for people like it, it's for me it, it's it's just not funny it's like this is these are these are a woman's testicles you say that you wax women 
Ergo, you have to wax my testicles because they are a woman's testicles. And if you disagree, and if you refuse to do so, well, you are being transphobic. And that was how Yaniv was able to kind of get this ball rolling. I mean, like, bear in mind, he is a massive grifter as it is. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. hilariously massive grifter, actually. Him and his mother or whatever, they're both like... Well, a- yeah, they, yeah, it's... Um, like, he's, he's had plenty of ventures in the past, Um all of which kind of end up as massive failures, but it's all—it's all. It's all he, he's a very, very lazy person, and yeah. like the, the the whole trans thing was the easiest angle he could get. But going back on, it's like trailer trash that like sue people for a living. Yeah, yeah. but like like going going back on topic, um, though a lot of this a lot of this stuff is down to basically agendas by by activists, and it's one of the reasons why things have started to kind of go a little bit off. A little bit off the rails because people don't understand. No, no, not very people really understand what's going on. Not many, not many people who advocate for, you know, trans rights or human rights understand what the more extreme elements of the movements are asking mm. for. Uh, a lot of the more kind of placid trans activists don't like questioning the orthodoxy because you'll end up with the big name queers calling them out and. Um, you know, effectively kind of isolating them from from friends and mm. relationships, and that's a big worry that a lot of these people have. I've seen it happen in real, in basically real time. How you know people will start to kind of speak out against some of the absurdity, and you just need one big bully to just wander into mm. the conversation, and you know instantly, you know, kind of like flash their power level. And then everyone falls in line, and it happened. It happens so often because a lot because. A lot of people within queer community and queer spaces, they're regular. It's kind of going back to what Nina said earlier about it being religion. Kind of a part of the cult narrative that these people have is everyone who is outside of the queer bubble hates you. Everyone yeah. who doesn't, everyone who doesn't believe what we believe is a bad person. You need, or they to want to gulag you or put you in a yeah, camp. Like yes. they will literally throw bricks at your head several times Every, a day if you dare to. Like I mean, today, everybody who is outside of Frog Twitter hates you. Yeah. they want to put you into a gulag. Yeah, like, you know what's like, funny, Lev? Did you see today? Sorry to cut you off, Rose, but did you see today? Um, there was this uh, thing where the these uh, the school banned parents from taking videos of this uh, quote unquote surprise pride parade within the school that uh, they didn't yeah. want the parents a part yeah. of and someone my good friend lomez uh had like we have to stop these teachers and underneath guess who replies varge vickners with a picture of the ss going on a gun See, no, but again, Gio, like you find this you find this funny and all that with the uh, <laughs> SS, ss references but again, this just points no, but the to posted. No, 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 no. I get it. In the chat right now. No, no, don't. I mean, look, look, Gio. I took a screen cap because I know no, he's going to take it off. Good for you. No, Gio. The point that I'm getting. <laughs> no, Gio. The point that I'm getting to here is that I think a lot of the concerns, uh, like we were talking about here just now, with a lot of these uh, things going on in the schools, these are absolutely important things to talk about. And I do find that people well, they're, they're like, uh, parents, yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. And I do find that there are people from your side who talk about them and they should be talked about. But then as far as the SS posting and all that, that kind of is something Let's that a lot of the people, the people, that a lot of your people, that a lot of your people find funny. 
they don't find them funny because it's irony posting, you know, like they are actually true fascists and true believers in a lot of this stuff. And that goes back. No, no. A lot of the people in your community are literally fascists. Let's call a spade a spade. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously. So the reason why I'm saying this is because I myself do not identify as a fascist, by the way. I'm just saying that, like, I I don't advocate for violence or uh, putting people in camps, but I think that. For te- there has to be some oversight when it comes to literally the future of the really society and civilization. Because when it comes to educating children, the fact that these teachers are like hiding it from parents, that's kind of... Yeah, and we also have creepy. organizations like FAIR that are talking about exactly yeah. what you're mentioning. Like, I wouldn't post but something as edgy as but that. They're but, not a, just... uh, but they're not a fascist organization, FAIR. So the reason why I'm bringing that up is that yeah, other people are Fair starting... Lev- is that they will they will selectively capitulate to the agenda when it suits them? I disagree. Like that, that's the problem. No, with but again, we're not people. we're not even talking that much about fair or about us right now. I think what's more important to point out here is that there is this craziness that's going on in all the bubbles. Whether we're talking about like Rose and Nina, we're talking about your various communities with these church wives that want to one up each other in virtue signaling or what Rose is talking about right now or the community that's, uh, you know, that Gio is a part of. These are very important things to address because what is what may be happening and I hope it won't would be that a lot of these tensions are going to keep rising. There's going to be more of these incidents occurring in the schools. And at a certain point, people are going to feel so cornered that they're not going to be able to express what exactly they're feeling inside about this stuff, which is partly with the reason why I created BCR to begin with, so that these things could be expressed. But then if there's no answer to that, then whatever Rose said right now about you know certain things that could be done away with what if it's not that? What if it gets all the way to whatever sick fantasies some people happen to have when it comes to creating an actual fascist dictatorship? And I know I keep going back to that, but I know, like, what are the likely chances of that, Nina and Rose, you think, that that would happen because specifically of this bra- ideological brainwashing that's going on on the more left side, that I that would be the response? I don't think that would ever happen. I just, I think I hope that, you're right. I mean, I mean, that's, that for me is, it kind of, that, that, well, that's more like it goes beyond like the whole kind of trans debate and just the general kind of progression of where society is at the moment. Um, I think that like, it, like, you know, it's all like the way, the way I see the future being is if you've ever played the game cyberpunk, like I see the future as being that where just everything is more mm. kind of corporation focused um, and corporations ultimately being more important than politicians. That's why that's the, that's the way in which I see yeah. the future. Um, so this, this idea that we could end up with, um, you know, whether it's like another Adolf Hitler or another chairman Mao, I, I don't, at least in the West, the long, long term, I don't see that being a thing. I think, I think you would have, presidents or prime ministers as as figureheads but the real power is always going to be with the with the richest with corporations i think that's much more of a kind of problem and so long as um trans issues remain trendy the corporations will push it with the trans if and like 
and you know a lot of this kind of culture even if a lot of this dies down i still don't think it would kind of go away i don't think in like five years we will turn from trans women are women to um bash the trana you know like i i don't I, i don't see there being a massive kind of turn against it well, I agree with you, and I want to get to Nina as well. While wait, while no, I, I think... well, wait, wait, hold on. I just want to. I just want to say this. While I agree with you, the only thing that still uh, is apparent is that there doesn't seem to be anywhere for a lot of people who are on the further right side to go. Because where are they going to go? They're not going to go to the people who are in support of various trans rights. They're not going to go to the side of the people who are in the intellectual dark web because they find them to be too cringe. So what I'm trying to figure out here is. Could another outlet be built? Could an outlet be built that, on one hand, would be accepting of, let's say, yourself, Rose, deciding to assume the kind of identity that you assume, while at the same time not putting that in the same category as the uh, trans story hour and whatever other ideological bullshit is going on? It seems like this is the majority of people in the world who would have common sense to adopt that kind of thing. And it would seem like a lot of people, especially like a lot of young white men who are incredibly frustrated with the way things and culture are going, would be able to find that kind of kind of more nuanced outlet. There doesn't appear to be one right now. I'm going to have to create one on my own. But before I get to Nina, any thoughts on there being this balance that could be achieved in light of all these bubbles? Me? Or oh, Rose? Rose. And then uh, Nina. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't know. <laughs> um, it's so. Can you just summarize that for me again? So I'm, I'm kind of like losing a bit of concentration. Sure, sure, no tired. problem. Love wants a Sorry. containment uh, thing for. Uh... Right. Okay. No, so just... no, 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 no. Containment would imply keeping everything in the bubble. I want zero containment. I want the most hardcore fascistic people to come on the stream and to talk about whatever they talk about. But I want it here's, to be answered by people who are Slimer just as. Chat love. Yes. Does Love really think Twitter and Paul memers are the salient fascist threat in this country? You will see blue-haired anarchities death squads a thousand times over before the first Paul Cell Paul Tart leaves the basement. I think Slimer is one hundred percent right, but that's not even my main point i don't think i agree with rose in that i don't think a lot of uh these people are going to i'm be in my threat. basement right now though. yes no no no. i don't think people are going to be coming out of their basements anytime soon <laughs> but what i'm getting to though is something else that anytime soon does not imply any time it does not imply forever what I think oh. is very concerning to me is the fact that you do have a lot of people in their basements right now who don't have anywhere to turn to that makes sense. And mm. the places that they end up turning to are going to be either these far left places or these far right places where they're just going to listen to whatever it is that makes sense to them. And I think that's what's driving, let's say, the verbal abuse that Rose was. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Here's that's what the was... answer. The Turf Tranny Alliance will bring oh my peace God. Yes. to the oh world. Oh, my God, Nina. A third way that we can A third all... position. A third position. <laughs> is, I am being driven to the radical center. I never thought that was going to... Like, I am a radical moderate. I hate it because I've always been like a radical on one side or another side but i have nowhere else to go except 
Yes. Moderate. So yeah, radical moderate. And I hope people join me in the turf tranny alliance. Oh man. Rose but that's had just a, turfs yeah. and trannies. I mean, there's still there. You could ally also, yeah. right? You could have the uh, some other alliances that maybe we wouldn't have thought of before. Well, but wait, Nina, why do you still call them trannies though? That's kind of like a derogatory. Okay, turf, turf, turf is a slur. Exactly. Rose gets it. Turf is a slur. <laughs> yeah. Tranny's a slur. So here we are. We've been slurred and slagged by everybody. <laughs> the opposite side and our own side. No we more sister friends. wars. We no more sister wars. Before, <laughs> and most of us have been friends right through it. And this is just dumb now. So yeah, yeah it's a, a, you know. Of course, Love, and go, also, go also there's this meme. thing called a sense of humor. No, people still see which it. People really hate, but uh, it, it's not <laughs> my movement if it's not funny. So, uh, the 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 loss of humor on my side, the turf side, that has been heartbreaking. But you oh, know yeah. what? Before I was any kind of turf, I was you know a, a trans. You know, I was like a queer rainbow person. So, uh, you know, that side broke my heart, too, with its extremists. And now this other side. And there's just always going to be crazy extremists. Mm -hmm. And I'm just really well, surprised that I'm not one of there, them right and now. You're in a lot of different all, all cultures and the like the real yeah, authentic they, yeah. weirdo. And the dom dominatrix stuff. and dominatrix. things like that on the, on the you, what was it? Jerry Springer. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you feel even like dom culture is becoming like kitchified like i know in england and dude all right you keep bringing up that article for the wrong reasons the wrong <laughs> reasons Gio. which article which article the one where i talked about being a dominatrix the oh, only yeah, yeah. one the one and single <laughs> one no, that i ever I... wrote where that wasn't the point <laughs> no no well, but my point is like nowadays you have like torture garden and all that stuff where it's become very much like i don't follow this stuff i don't day. care about it anymore this was in the 1990s no nice but nowadays picture, it's become part of like the whole um <laughs> like 50 shades of gray type yeah, stuff i, I don't become... care about it now i really yeah. don't oh, okay i'm sorry i'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm not i i did that for like you don't year. have your finger on the pulse of bdsm culture in other words <laughs> no i don't <laughs> i i'm on the yeah. other side of that now gr are, are you are, are you trying to proposition something from nina what's no, going on oh god no <laughs> I'm, I'm on the side of all the women who are like holy shit what did i do in the 90s like holy shit that fucked me up so yes, that's the side that I'm on now. <laughs> the yeah. this fucks people up side. But it it seems like in the 1990s, maybe just my my terminal like millennial nostalgia brain. But it seems that there was sort of like an authentic underground to a lot of it, like Riot Girl and the bondage stuff. But like nowadays, all of that's like so out in the open that it's like like the fucking OnlyFans thing is like. That's all right. You know, I will. I will say this in the night, as I said in this article that you read, supposedly uh, in the 90s in San Francisco, people were very adamant that this was for consenting adults only. And mm. it really got it really turned into another thing. I just cannot believe the way people are pushing this stuff on kids right now. It's appalling. Yeah. And, that, and that's why I think people who are among Nina's side and Gia's side and Rose's side could definitely agree on these things and just agree not to 
you know, not to disrespect each other in the meantime, and I think it'll be all right. So anyway, we got to go to Super Chats right now. Thank you guys so much oh, wait, for... Oh, I think Rose had another point. Oh, yes, Rose, go for, go for it. Wait, what? I, I didn't have anything else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I you hey, I, I, before, before we go, I want to say, <laughs> Rose, it's been great talking with you. I wish I could see you as well. You're, nah, you're... I, they, I've had, I would, I, I would have loved to have gone on camera, but I've been up since like five and it's like past seven here. I've been up since mm -hmm. like just before five in the morning. I went to drive all the way into London and back for like work. Mm -hmm. I literally, I got here late because um, I was getting back from work. But anyway, you, you said something that is something I've said a lot, which is, yes, everybody has the right to identify however they want. They don't have the right to force other people to identify no, them wrong. the same yeah, way. Wrong. And, that, and, that's a, and yes, and that's the that's the one of the biggest problems with the, the current trans movement. It's mm -hmm. like if they want to say that I am a woman because I say I am, that's fine, whatever. But it's when it's like, no, you have to accept me as a woman. That's where the yep. issue with this lies, mm -hmm. and too many trans activists just kind of bury this um, and and try and you know they just try and enforce it on people. It makes absolutely no mm -hmm. sense. It's well, not going to stick. Well, with um, the enforcing, you were you were saying thing, it's interesting. I think like as as from like as a detached observer, I think a lot of um, stuff in the art world is interesting. The stuff that um, oh, who who am I thinking of in particular? Not Marilyn Minter, uh, like Cindy Sherman, Nan Golden, that type of stuff is very interesting to me. But uh, when it comes, like you were saying, to the brass tacks of like actually normalizing some aspects of it, it's kind of like, hmm. yeah. Like notice, well, Lev, notice how I'm 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 up on the literature here. I'm not like uh, your average Paul Cell transphobe. I, I never said you were. <laughs> That's not the issue at all. In fact, <laughs> I'm more sophisticated no. transphobe. Lab. But here's the problem, Gio. <laughs> you, you can't just say that, oh, I know a lot of this stuff, so there's no problem with this mm. uh, Mr. Hyde that's hiding beneath the Dr. Jekyll. Mr. That's Sam the... Hyde? Mr. Sam Hyde, exactly. Because that's the real issue here, because you have a lot of very smart and curious and interesting people who are within more of like this, uh, uh, you know, this more aggressive, edgy, right-wing culture. But I feel like a lot of them, they don't have any other outlet, number one. And number two, there is so much peer pressure, just like it is with the trans people, just like it is with the TERFs. There is so much. There is so, yeah, there is so much fucking peer pressure to agree with whatever it is that the group considers to be correct. And that's what I always want to fight against. And I feel like that the is the love, big think, mission of BTR. Like, you're, the problem, love, is that you're viewing things from a position of hyper individualism, whereas we're saying that. When a society adopts a certain level of a fluidity of the subject itself, that is when you get all sorts of crazy stuff going on. And yes, you could say anyway. that philosophically, but it's all about brass tacks. It's all about, okay, well, good, you said that. How like do you get out of that situation? What do you do? And the what do you do question has the shittiest responses by people on the far right. I'm sorry, but that's... How is that shitty, Lev? How is it shitty to ba ban a drag time story hour? How is that... The liberals agree with you there, Geo. That's not the issue, and you know it. That's that's putting in a straw man here. You know exactly what I'm talking about. The uh, authoritarian nature oh, of here we uh, go. yada, 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 yada. See, you know see, what I'm talking about. As much as you hate critical theory, as much as you hate Adorno, you both have the same conclusion that the camps are just around the corner if we, if we do certain... There's no poetry after the you-know-what, love. I'm sorry, but you should read... The dialectic of enlightenment. You would agree 100% with 
with Horkheimer and Adorno, love. Gio, the problem <laughs> is that you can read as many books as you want, and that doesn't mean that you're going to be wiser, and that goes for anybody. It's not about the amount of books that you read. It's not about the amount of things that you know. It's more about whether or not what you know, you know actually saying? makes sense the in the real paranoia, world. Love. It's not a matter of paranoia. First of all, I don't even think it's going to happen, like I said before. No, but number of course two, not. We're too, yeah. entirely too ineffective for that Yes, to too ineffective, absolutely. But it's not even about that. So why do you care, Lav? I'll tell you because I care about... I'll tell you why I care. Because I care about uh, the community that I saw growing up, going to 4chan, the frustrations of the people that are on that side. I genuinely care, even though a lot of people... Uh, who are from that community think that I'm just like some liberal centrist who doesn't understand. If I didn't care, I wouldn't make this stream in the first place. I wouldn't align myself together, you know, in terms of having uh, people on the stream that I completely disagree Love, with politically. Who has institutional power and who doesn't? You have institutional power in your own circle, but That's again, you're. <laughs> Anyway, we're not going to get into it right now. We're not. We have. We have two guests here. We have to respect. We have to respect the two guests. Gio. No, no, seriously, we have to. We have two guests over here. This is not about us right now. So anyway, let's let us get to super chats, and I really appreciate everybody. Everybody being here once again against peer pressure and for the free expression, like we do here on BTR. Let us get to the super chats. Here we go. So we have, by the way, there is a new a new patron. I'm not going to say their name just because it sounds like a real person. Uh, but that is um, $23 patron. So that's great. And we have over here, um, okay, da, 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 da. okay, the ABC123, $5. The GeoCell state is, what is this? UNDFTD. Undft. What does that mean? I don't know, in capital what? letters. UND? What? Yeah, UNDFTD. It's an ad. I don't know what exactly that is. Anyway, I'm going to move on. Once undefeated, I figure that out. undefeated. Undefeated. Maybe. There we go. Yeah. Uh, another one from ABC. This anime slander can be put to bed by the back of bald Omni Man who bears the Joestar and the Berserk brand mark, post physique, or BTFO. There we go. So next we have. <laughs> Massive McGee, two pounds, state-mandated GF, uh, in parentheses, buxom QT Forest Witch, discuss. <laughs> and lastly, we have Croin Kicks, $2, oh. with just simple a simple sneed. The so busty there... Forest Witch GF is the one I didn't burn. Oh, sorry. There we go. <laughs> you know, the we're the daughters of, we're the great-granddaughters of witches. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, this is the stream. Thank you guys so much. Any uh, any plugs over here? So, Nina, where can people uh, find you and your beautiful project? Oh, you know, we didn't even talk about ApocalypseAnimated.com. That's right. Well, let's talk about it right now. No, we'll talk about yes. it time. Yes. Go to, to ApocalypseAnimated because there's a lot to say. We, what I'd like to do is talk about Apocalypse Animated with somebody that is into the apocalypse and the symbols they're in because it was a trip but yes i animated or i, I illustrated Welcome. the book of revelation with almost 300 animated gifts you can see them at apocalypseanimated.com working on lenticulars this is not the best example but this is at least what a lenticular is uh. we'll have those soon uh yeah and you can find me on twitter if you just look for nina paley and you can find me at my blog ninapaley.com 
and you can just google me and find my other films and long history and stuff like that and the oh oh the podcast i do uh mm -hmm. heterodorks which you can find at heterodorks.com and also on a few podcasts. And uh, who do you do the podcast with? I do that podcast with Corinna Cohn, who is a wonderful human being and also a transsexual. Perfect. Or feminized eunuch if you want to be materialist. Feminized and on the heterodorks website is where the turf tranny alliance resides. And we have pins for which we make no profit, but it was a fun art project. Nice. And follow well, that on anchor.fm. Oh, oh, real quick, anchor.fm slash heterodorks, D-O-R-X. Yes. And uh, what we're saying, Kron kicks the super chat. Yes, I Kron kicks for $2. Thank you. I identify as Sneed. So. <laughs> oh, and Tux loves you, uh, creator of the uh, Gun to 64, uh, sent in uh, two U.S. dollars and says, Sneed, Sneed back to there you, Tux. Go. Thank you so much for watching. I also hope people have been filling out the BTR bingo. And lastly, I want to say that right now, Mother Superior is still queen of the Super Chat. So for those who don't know, you guys don't see it on the screen, but the people who are watching the stream see it. There is a ticker on the bottom where there is either a king or queen of the super chat depending on gender or whatever who uh send in the super chat and so far mother superior is ahead with fifty dollars so if you want to become king or queen of the super chat usurp the throne if you will you got to send in more than fifty dollars and uh we will really 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 appreciate it and uh yeah and uh rose of dawn where can people find you so um at the moment i'm pretty active on twitter so just search for rose underscore of underscore dawn um i also have a youtube channel which i haven't been updating a lot as of uh, recently uh, just a lot going on in my personal life which makes it quite difficult to keep tabs sometimes um but yeah i'll right yeah i'll i try and post stuff on there so that's another place you can check me out yeah Excellent. you do a great youtube series i mean you're doing the podcast but you've uh, been featured on uh was the bbc you were interviewed on or? um i've been on the bbc i've also been on um itv i know mm, that good, uh, i know that gb news has been trying to get me on as well um nice. so nice. i do occasionally appear in the the the, the mainstream media and uh, you have a great loads. series yeah you have a great series too of um you know pillars of the community <laughs> yeah I, i'm i'm i need to get finished i need to get my next one of those finished um you know I, I really enjoy doing pillars of the community because it's just a deep dive into very interesting people and just kind of what they symbolize you know what you would you would like uh in your neck of the words woods have you ever heard of uh alexander gordon Jahans? yes the name rings uh, a bell yeah, I think maybe if you did a video on him, because I think he identifies as trans now, um, but he is like, I think one of those more like obscure British lol cows within like the far left mm. that um, there like there's a Godwinson documentary on him, but like that was sort of just a ridicule of Jahan's. It wasn't like it was comprehensive, but it was more just like to like, you know, let's make fun of the lol cow, because like, I think what you do, like you don't necessarily go into it with the intent like i mean of course you make fun of lol cows obviously but like 
some of the stuff you cover is like quite harrowing and quite um, like, for example, you did one of the, the better, I think, uh, Chris Chan videos. Oh, thank um, you. So- yeah, yeah. The, the Chris Chan video was like, well, the reason why I started doing Pillars of the Community in the first place is because it was inspired by Gino Samuel's Chris Chan documentary mm-hmm. series. And this wanted to do a similar thing to that. And then I eventually just thought, well, I could actually do a video on on Chris Chan. Yeah. And like, it was it was a very fun video to put together. And <laughs> um, like, you know, purposely choosing like Pokemon and Sonic music to play in the background and um like just kind of splicing together like all like the the classic saga clips that was that bit was fun when it got to um him making the the unclit that that was a little bit grim uh as one could expect uh but yeah that 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 was that was fun that was that was a lot of fun i am like i do i am i have been working on several ideas for other pillars of the community videos um one i actually paid for um some voice work to be oh. done on it so nice. um that that's fun we Excellent. we had a video we had a live stream with my good friend saturnalia sundown who is an expert on various occultic knowledges and we had um i think turkey tom was on that one as well uh mm. a good friend of the show you would love it we talk about chris chan in relation to a lot of different um like theories about hollywood and uh laurel canyon yeah and uh a lot of very interesting connections to this encyclopedia gen- dramatica mm. yes and this See, pre- i this, i love janky talk- girl yeah I, I love talking about christian like it, it's he's um <laughs> You know, like he's a he's a bit of a he's one of those kind of like guilty pleasure things, mm. and like I know now we're, we we feels like we're also in almost in like. Well, Nina, wait, Nina, do you know who Saga. Chris Chan is? I want to make. I sure. know who Chris Chan is. Yes. When yeah. did you? When did your cherry? When did your Chris Chan cherry pop, so to speak? When did this happen? Well, no, wait. You mean when did I learn who Chris Chan was? Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, I don't know. A couple years ago, I guess. Oh, oh man, I thought we were the ones to. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I, you, you told me more. Like, there's, it's not like knowing about Chris Chan means that I know everything about Chris Chan. I certainly, you certainly there's, told there's, me it's, more. It's a bottomless pit. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> it's, I don't know if it was cherry popping, but it was certainly uh, intrusive. It was sort of like a kind of secondary assault. I'll always, I'll always <laughs> take pride. I'll, I'll always like take us. <laughs> I'll always take pride in that I was the one who who, in, who introduced Blair White to to Chris Chan. Oh my streams. god! Wow, amazing! Yeah, like because like, she had absolutely no idea, and it's just like just you could just tell like the complete yeah. horror in her voice. Same her, like, same happened with uh, the comedian Tony Henchcliffe that I brought on to break the rules. I think back in twenty, and he was just absolutely horrified. He did not want to know anymore about what was going on and that was even before the uh mother incident i mean nina you know about the whole mother incident right with chris chan and his mother you probably told me but you know i maybe (laughs) i try to block this stuff out (laughs) well okay um rose how would you describe it what exactly happened there and we'll 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 end this soon but i just just for the sake of nina just to help nina out (laughs) to help nina out thank you (laughs) So like which 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 thing? Sorry, because I'm I'm losing. Well, what exactly transpired with uh, Chris and his mother? Oh, with his mother. Oh, okay. Wait, so there's, there's so there's there's okay. So so in do you want the the short story or the long story? Long story. Make a long YouTube story. friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Make so, it last. Okay. So 
Um, Chris and Bob have always had a bit of a weird relationship with one another. Chris has been um, particularly clingy to Bob, and Bob has been very, very clingy to Chris. They've regularly been caught in public, um, holding hands, having their arms around each other, um, having a very surreal relationship. And this took a bit of a dark turn around June um, to July last year when um, Chris started telling um, people that he was uh, that he had a new gal pal. Um, well, that he had, he had, you know, he had he had a new heart suite in in, in um, Chris language, um, and this actually turned out to be his mother. <laughs> And so what what happened what 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 came out was that he had purchased a a book on how to have um sex with disabled people and he actually had sex with his mother. It's as to what Bob's mental state is, it's unclear. People think that she has like Alzheimer's. Dementia. I'm not. I'm, it's yeah. it's never been it's never been confirmed. Well, Lena, you the see case. the picture of the her, right? She puts, yeah, the, the, so thing is, the thing is, Bob, the Bob kind, Bob kind of puts on her like, like kind of layers it on a bit when, um, you know, they've done videos in the past where they they're trying to flog, uh, you know, like a blanket. Or, or some of the some of the tats from the hard. Barb will kind of layer on a little bit about her mental state. So it's it's very very difficult to understand what her what her actual position is. But she's certainly a lot smaller, frailer, and weaker than um, like forty year old man child who believes that he is a, a well Jesus Christ and a goddess from another di- dimension. I, I wouldn't even and the father of the electric hedgehog Pokemon Sonichu. And Rose, and, and, you've always uh, got mentioned Sonichu and Rose too. Um, and so anyway, guided by um, the one mag- magi woman. What what's what is he? She call it um, Magichan. Hmm. Magichan is like Magichan. Well, Chris Chan oh, is married, Magichan. Oh, he's married. He's married to um, Magichan. Yeah, but oh. Magichan is like Chris's. Um, Avatar, Avatar light body stuff. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. That's like no, um, no. Maji no? Chan is one of the one of the sonnet is the psychic sonichu. Yeah. Oh, yeah. not not. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's not part yeah, he's of the psychic uh, sonichu. So oh, he's, sorry. He's... He said that Maji Chan was the female version of Christ or something like that. Yeah, Nina. Um, for reference, uh, this is Maji Chan. I always think of the wrestling move, the I'm, magic. It's not showing up yet. There we go. Oh, that's okay. Great. Yeah. Yes, that's much. <laughs> well, part of the chaotic combo. Yeah. Um, so, so long story short, Chris was arrested back in August of last year, which even Ralph caught on camera because of all fucking people. Really, which I just find while wearing hilarious. the Chris Chan outfit. Yeah, it was hilarious. Um, and Chris, you're famous, been... Chris. I could imagine him. He was with his fucking wife, who apparently had a kid recently. You're famous. What do you say, Chris? You're famous now. That's right. The, the merge is real. The merge is it's happening. So Chris is Chris was in um, in county jail awaiting trial, which has been deferred on several occasions. Yeah, it keeps uh, getting... but at the end of at the end of February he was taken away to an undisclosed location which is likely to be which a lot of people think is probably a psychiatric hospital. 
Yeah. Um, so it's very difficult. Like he, whilst he was in jail, he was sending out letters to people, and occasionally there would be a phone call leaked, but nobody's heard from him in the last month. And these kinds of, like, I know that the kind of psychiatric system in America can be pretty pretty fucked up um people yeah, very can actually go up. people can go missing in those systems mm. um completely it's yeah. and it's when i realized that that was a thing which can actually happen in america that's really scary yeah thomas Saws um, was completely right about the institutionalization of of a uh, certain people but yeah, yeah the, but, it, the but it is also themselves fu- are crazy too yeah, yeah it's, talking it's, about being jesus and yeah yeah, yeah. i mean like it, it's difficult to say how much of it is chris just playing you know, like basically just having a game and how much is like a genuine belief with him. Mm. Um, I mean, the thing is, he's not like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's autistic, but he's not real. He's not like he's really kind of mentally challenged, if that makes sense. He has other mental he's just problems, lazy. but he's not. Yeah. Do you think like he'll pull a Jack Nicholson and one who flew over the cuckoo's nest and uh, like assume a certain kind of uh, demeanor? Be, so that way he'll get transferred to a psychiatric institution instead of being in jail. I don't know. Well, I would assume that his lawyer would be advising him against that. The real issue is, is he going to be housed with women because he no. identifies as a no, woman? No, he isn't. Um, initially, initially, he was, uh, I think, like, initially there was word that he was being put in with women, but in Virginia, you have to have had gender reassignment surgery before you mm. could be um, like housing a female center, because, which he hasn't had. Because Chris Chan, like the thing is, I remember we did those streams. We did a few of them, and people criticized me. But I think like you have to realize that Chris CWC has like a very long history of abusing women, or at least being a creep around women. Yeah. And that wouldn't be in an institutional setting with women in a psychiatric ward who don't probably have a lot of control over their own senses. That's like, that's a formula for disaster. Yes. Um, yes but at is. the same time, I know Chris said that uh, Chris liked it in jail, that they treated him somewhat, him, her, I, I, you know, YouTube, blah, 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 um, treated, treated Chris fairly well. Of course, the food always sucks. But like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, People have this fantasy that Chris Chan's going to go to like an Oz, like Oswald Penitentiary. For those who don't know, the show Oz was like mm. the first HBO show. Um, he's gonna go to Oz. He's gonna, you know, go go to the showers, and it's gonna be like you know, green light KOS. It's not gonna happen. I think that Chris will end up in a psychiatric institution. I mean, probably will never be able to see Barb again for the, you know, thank God. But mm. uh, yeah. Mm. So I wanted to mention like Rose. Rose talked about uh, how you cannot enforce sex segregation in bathrooms strictly, but you totally can enforce prison segregation. Like you can <laughs> totally enforce, yeah. uh, you know, sex segregated institutions. And I personally think that should. there should be no female guards in male prisons and there should be no male guards in female prisons in my opinion i agree yeah. with you yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that should completely be it's pretty type. pretty often it happens i think that uh the female guards sleep with some of the prisoners they call the, it prison uh, beautiful yeah like the, diff- the 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 thing is like what what happens is they will be there will be lifers that are very good at manipulating people and they will manipulate female guards like god forbid that a female guard in a riot situation is like, you know what, I don't want to say it for YouTube. But what happens is they form a relationship with female guards, because that's a stereotype of female guards. They tend not to be that attractive. 
but to mail, but to you know prisoners in like a male prison they're not I mean, gonna complain on. yeah they're not gonna complain and they end up manipulating there has been female guards who have helped male prisoners as murderers escape oh. prison but another thing another problem is that the other side is with male guards in female prisons yeah there have been direct cases of rp i don't want to say it for you yes thank you and yep. abuse by male guards in female because like some of those female prisoners are kind of attractive and it's like if you have absolute power over them i just i think there has to be total sex segregation there should only be women uh in female prisons and there should only be male guards mm. in male prisons well yeah, soon no, there's gonna no be robots there yeah. Soon there's going to be robots. But anyway, guys, we are finished with the stream. I really love uh, the conversations that yeah, we had. It's been great. I, I'm, yes. I apologize again for for arriving late. No, no, no worries problem. at all. No the only thing, the, sleepy. No worries. The only thing that I want to ask uh, Rose and the people who are watching this is if you value the kind of conversations that take place on this platform, subscribe Share this with everybody you know. Bring people onto BTR because BTR, like I said before, the idea behind is bringing together people who otherwise would never have a chance to talk. And the opposite of having some kind of a containment or however was praised before as far as more of these right-wing ideas, the idea is exactly to bring on liberal people and right-wing people and to have them share the ideas and see what one side is missing from the other side and come to some common sense ideas of what exactly we're in right now. Because otherwise, it's not going to be pretty. And that's why BTR exists. And again, please share this out. Add a like. The likes definitely help with the algorithm, 100%. So add a like, click the bell, keep subscribing, and all that good stuff. And once again, Rose, Nina, Gio, I highly appreciate you guys being here, doing what it is that you do, and uh, patreon.com slash break the rules. You're going to get prints. You're going to get a lot of wonderful things there, uh, Patreon-only streams, and that's pretty much it. But you have to mm -hmm. do one soon, so. Yes. God good bless. night, everybody.